Hey everyone, and welcome to Comics from the Multiverse, the DC Comics podcast from Melfuzz TV. I am Peter. I'm joined, as per usual, by Matt. Yeah, what's up? I'm here. There's a noticeable absence, though. Yeah, this was, was not a planned way. absence. Con- Connor is actually ill. He read all his books. He sent us his top five and whatnot, so so we'll have that f- later to talk about. But uh, he is ill. Uh, he, he had the cold. It turned into the full-blown flu, and he is miserable. And uh, so he, he is missing today. So that is yeah. unfortunate. So uh, ginger down, as I said before we started. Ginger down. Ginger down. Red Hawk down. <laughs> Uh, but hey, we got a lot of books to talk about this week. We talk about DC Comics, obviously. And coming up on this week's show, we have, of course, the main event of the month, Doomsday Clock, number two. We also have the next metal-related comic, which is Hawkman Found, number one, the one-shot. Mm-hmm. We have Teen Titans 15, which is the next part of the Super Sons of Tomorrow crossover. So a lot, lot of event and crossover stuff to start off the show this week. That issue. And then, oh, that issue. And then we get to Detective Comics 971, Action Comics 994, Wonder Woman 37, The Flash 37, Batgirl 18, Nightwing The New Order number 5, and I will talk briefly about Batman Future of the Night number 2, because someone forgot to read it. Who? Connor? What a despicable human being. (sighs) No, I just, uh, yeah, heavy week. Sometimes you forget things. Until week. five minutes before we go, so yeah, I, I literally mentioned what I, what I what I, yeah, I, I was just sort of listing the comics we're doing. Anyway, yeah, oh yeah. shit, that one. Yep. Ah dear. Well, it's funny because it, they set it up as one that's every every two months, but it's only actually been a month since the last issue. But yeah. it's two months till the next one. The next one's at the end of February, so. Uh, plenty of time. Yeah, plenty of time for you to catch up so we can talk about it properly with issue 3. Yep. But uh, I'll talk about it briefly, I think, though, when we get there. I think it's worth mentioning because it's really good. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so well, so that's what's coming up on this week's show. Uh, and, of course, this is uh, the, the first post-Christmas but pre-New Year's episode. Yeah, in, that, the in-between time. Yeah, like yeah. The lumbo, holiday week. limbo. Holiday limbo, that's going to be putting it. And of course, yeah, next week sometime we're going to be doing our annual episode as well for the best of the year, picking our favourite writer, artist, best books of the year, all that kind of jazz. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll be getting to that next week. But, uh, so we got these books this week, that's the thing. Um, no no, no news this week. There was a lot of funny articles uh, the last couple of days though about how how, how, how much Marvel screwed up this year, which I, I did enjoy perusing. Oh, of course you did. Well, I mean, I say that. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of joking. Like, I, I would rather they weren't completely messing up yeah. at every opportunity. But <laughs> yeah, that, that's the thing, isn't it? Where you, you want healthy competition, but I just, I feel like they're definitely, they're like, oh, DC's doing well. Let's pick up their fumbling ball and just run with it. Mm. So, you know, and then with with, yeah. I remember when when a new image book would come out, it was like an event. And now yeah. that that's not so, you know, two, three years later, you get the occasional, hey, so, this creator has something. Yeah, I th- but, I mean, obviously there's a lot of good stuff still coming out from our regional stuff yeah. that you, you find out about later, but I think what that is, is unless you're a, a, a Rucket or a, or a Vaughn or whatever, Brubaker. maybe a Lemire, like, unless yeah. you're one of those guys now, there's so many number ones coming out from Image every single week that it's impossible yeah. to make them all feel important. So you just kind of have yep. to wait and find out which ones are the worth checking out you know he's gonna have it. to it's just, just a bit and, and that's kind of how i like it though because I, I like having my creator and you know oh they have anything i'll check that out uh like ruck old guard i wasn't a big fan of that first issue i hear mm. you know people like it but wasn't for me but 
you know, so less of that, less than the, hey, what's new with Image? What, what could be the next book that busts out? And there hasn't been too much of those. Like, it was like Saga, and that was it. You know, yeah, like, Saga Lazarus. But like I say, that's two of the names that we, we mentioned there. I, I, and yeah. I've seen shops say that as well. That you know, image launches mm-hmm. aren't the same as what they used to be. Like no, so yeah, yeah this is the thing. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so yeah, so obviously, uh, in fact, actually, I read an X Men book this week. I read a new Marvel. Yeah, issue. see, I haven't had time. I I got that one too, based Ooh. off of James and his praises, and I have not yeah. had time. Well, yeah, it's just from uh, what Matthew Rosenberg's the uh, the writer's name. Yeah who did four kids walk into a bank, which I have not read. I've heard it's, it's had a lot of praise uh, in, yep. the, in the comic circles, so it's probably worth checking out at some point. But he, he wrote this. It's uh, uh, Phoenix Resurrection, uh, The Return mm-hmm. of Jean Grey, which is a five-issue mini that's mostly weekly. It's skipping one week in a few weeks, but issue two is next week, so it's, it's coming thick and mm-hmm. fast. It's building up to X-Men Red, and it's just obviously about the return of Jean Grey, because she's coming back. The, the, the actual older Jean Grey, yeah. not the time-displaced young Jean uh, Grey. Yeah, so I'm wondering if one has to do with the other, the whole Phoenix rising up, yeah. you know what I mean? So I have to imagine the original five have to get sent back soon. At some point, just because timeless placement, I understand why they're there, because it's easier with younger X-Men, you know? Have them react to ways of the world instead of old yeah, haggard. It, it, honestly, it, it was great at first. Like Bendis' yeah. run uh, on all new X Men and Canny X Men. Like that was good. that was good times. Right. Uh, it's been a little bit rougher since though. So yeah, definitely. Well, and and even people like Lemire have said that like there were things he was and wasn't allowed to do with the characters, which which made it difficult to tell the stories he wanted. And then when they go and oh no, we're doing a new team now. And just throw the rest of that out. It's kind of difficult to latch onto these characters. Yeah. So hopefully Red is a new jumping on point for the X franchise. Well, the reason why I'm excited for Red is because it's Tom Taylor who's been writing all new Wolverine, which is the, the one Marvel book that I've been reading. Yes. <laughs> uh, and it's Honey pretty damn good. Yeah. Honey Badger. Yes. Yes. Yeah, Honey Badger. Uh, so so I'm I'm up for that. Um, and I'm hoping that that pans out. But yeah, the issue was pretty good. Uh, yeah. Uh, the ending good, was yeah. nice and sort of mind, you know. Effery. Morrison-y is what I've, I've been heard. It's been thrown oh, around. I guess. I, I think my mind went to David Lynch because I, I saw an obvious parallel to one of his stories, but I, I can see the morrison angle. I can Pete, see that. Pete doesn't drink coffee, but anytime you see something space, he gets a sudden craving uh, for coffee. Uh, yeah. Well, that's the thing. When you watch Twin Peaks, though, like, they're always, there's always donuts on that show. We all know the, how much you love donuts. At the police station. Because who fact, doesn't? I think it's like episode two or three where the, the receptionist has laid out an entire table full of donuts. It's like a donut heaven. And I was just like, oh man, I want donuts. Side, side, side track for a quick second. What's your favorite kind of donut? <laughs> um, oh, that is a question. I'm not I'm not a big fan of your jelly donuts. I'm not a big fan of those kind yeah, of donuts. A little I, bit too much. I do kind of like a, just a classic donut with a nice uh, glaze. However, uh, occasionally I do enjoy... Uh, one with uh, cream inside, maybe chocolate on top with cream in the middle. I do enjoy yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. See, I'm a big fan of the maple bars. You know, mm. just a, a long, long donut, maple glaze on the top. It doesn't get much better. Oh, right, so, yum yum. Simplistic. Yeah, is that what that's called? Yeah, yum yum. Well, it's, it's, what, it's what it was called in Scotland. <laughs> I don't oh, know. I don't know if that yeah, we, spread. I just call it a maple bar. Maple rings aren't nearly as good. It's just something with the shape of them. I don't know. Mm. That's a mental thing, but yeah, Krispy Kremes, 
They're they're another one. That's a whole different type of thing, though. That's like a dessert more than a donut. Yeah. Although I will say this: anyone who puts custard inside a donut can just go straight to hell. All right. <laughs> I'm, I'm having none of it. It's like you and your fish fingers and custard after Doctor Who. You're <laughs> oh, very I hate custard so much. I hate custard so much. That's great. Uh, but, fish fingers slash sticks, though they're, they're quite delightful. Yeah. <laughs> they're a delightful snack, may yeah. I say. Yeah, I think we were talking about donuts. Uh, I'm trying to tie it into this week's comics, and <laughs> there's really not. You know, I kind of missed the Stephanie Brown's waffle. Well, we deal. had pancakes this week, so I mean, we can. We can, did have pancakes. We can t- t- if we can just divert onto pancakes, we can actually lead into the first book. Although, before we get to that, I do actually just want to quickly mention: you wearing a Jurassic Park shirt there, Matt? Ah, uh, no, it's actually um, uh, Godzilla. It's uh, San Francisco. But it's in the Jurassic Park logo. But it's the Jurassic Park, yeah. Well, that's just kind of coincidental because I happen to be wearing a Jurassic Park-themed shirt, but it's not Jurassic Park. Weird. So, what one's yours? Uh, you can tell from here. It says Inevitable Betrayal, and it's got oh, a gotcha. T-Rex uh, going after a Stegosaurus tail. Uh, and if you don't get that, then go watch Firefly, you heathens. Yeah, which is now owned by Disney. <laughs> oh, God. Hey, that's a good uh, point. The next time there's a Firefly comic, it'll be a Marvel-published comic book. What? What's happening? Pure weird. Dark Horse. Uh, fun, fun dinosaur fact. The the time distance between the Stegosaurus and the Tyrannosaurus is of a longer time span than Tyrannosaurus to human. So, uh, yeah. That's so you're saying that one of your favorite movies is just complete bullshit? <laughs> well, no, because in Jurassic Park, the whole point of that is... They're brought into a time that's not their own. Uh, no. I'm know. just... Hey, they call it Jurassic Park. They should all be from the Jurassic period. That's all I'm saying. They should be. They should be. But then we, we'd lose a lot of fan favorite dinosaurs. You know, T-Rex. That was like Cretaceous. Triceratops, my personal favorite. Like what was Cretaceous. the third one? I always remember Cretaceous and Jurassic. What's the third one? Uh, Triassic, Jurassic, and uh, Cretaceous. Yeah, out of the Permian explosion. Yeah. So now we're getting into one of my fandoms. Here... Not like I didn't spend last, uh, what day was that? Tuesday, watching a solid hour of of Jurassic Park YouTube content. Uh, (laughs) Of course uh, you did, man. Of course you did. Of course I did. I, I, uh, no, I'm just, uh, I'm I'm trying to cheer myself up. You know, Black Mirror came back. uh, Season 4 just went up on Netflix. I've been in a good mood, therefore haven't been watching. It's obviously a very intense watch at times. The first one's fairly lighthearted. I mean, there's an evil side to it, but there's a fair. It's a, it's a little galaxy quest, so you, oh. so you get a little bit of that oh, going on. A yeah. recognizable face. I, I just remember they lulled us. They lulled us into a false sense of security with the first one from last year, with Bryce Dallas Howard, and it's like, oh, okay, it's kind of dark, but not all the way. Uh, and then the second was just like okay, and then it just got progressively worse. Oh yeah, the, the the third one last year was like the biggest punch to the gut I think I've ever had yeah. watching anything. Yep. Uh, the fourth one was relatively uplifting though, so I'm hoping they'll be able, they'll, they'll yep. get that this year maybe. Where I'll be really dr- we've watched the first two, so I'm hoping yeah. that if the third one's really depressing, the fourth one will be like nah, the fourth one's kind of nice. Well, let's let's pick you back up. Yeah. Uh, what's that showrunner's name? I can't ever remember. Uh, it. Charlie Brooker is the the showrunner. Yeah, Charlie Brooker doesn't care about your feelings. <laughs> <laughs> he does not. That's, uh, he does not. But hey, anyway, without further ado, uh, good, good bit of intro tangent. Uh, uh, let's go on to some comics. Let's talk about DC Comics. Let's talk about Doomsday Clock number two. Jeff Johns and Gary Frank. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'd love to tell you who's uh, doing what. If, if you're unfamiliar enough with, with these two names that you think Gary Frank might be writing that Jeff Johns doing the art, then... <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, John's John's did start off his career wanting to be an artist when he was like thirteen. Uh, so, which is funny because I, I would love to see that sometime. I mean, maybe he's alright as an artist, but I'm glad he didn't go down that path just because. Oh, me too. He's, I mean, he's my favorite writer. So, you know, and and then when you team him with one of my favorite, like this is probably my favorite creative team. I know Wade and Somni get a lot of love from from other people, but Johns and Frank have never let me down, like ever. Yeah. So and. You know, it's funny because, you know, Frank Miller started off as an artist. Like, a lot of people started off as an artist. Dan Jurgens. And I wonder, like, if it's because when you're younger, the art seems more flashy. Like, oh, I want to do the cool yeah. thing. I want to do the art. And then, and then yeah, the... I mean, it's different with Miller, you know, because he's... The, but I feel like Jurgens was of that era. They had the rock star artists. And it was just kind of, I think, easier to make a name. Hmm. You know, because I just I wonder if they then learn writing as a second thing because it it just makes the life easier if they can also do that. But then a lot of them became writers, you know, first and foremost later on. Like now we think of all these names, we think of writers first. So yeah, yeah this is interesting to think about. <laughs> but yeah, so Doomsday Clock number two, uh, picking off yeah. where we left uh, issue one with Rorschach, Ozymandias, uh, Marionette, and Mime. What is it? Is that his name? And the Mime. And the yeah. Mime. Yeah. And not Harley, not Joker, as not, I refer to them. Yeah, not, not Punch and not Jewel or Julie. Yeah, that, that one too. Uh, so oh, we we get like a flashback of them, like the the mission where they got caught and went to prison. We actually get a glimpse oh. of Manhattan in this time period, who chooses not to kill them because he senses that she's pregnant, which does oh. beg the question: Did she have the baby, and where is the baby? Yeah. Well, she. I mean, that was her introduction. Is that's how Ozymandias got to her. Mm. is you know dangling that carrot so but i just i love that scene i i really like you know it's it is the frank art because the way that he draws faces oh yeah he's so especially the panel with uh mime putting his head through the window yep i particularly yep. like that panel <laughs> very good panel uh so now all that intercuts with them getting their costumes back and it's you know rorschach's mm-hmm. even questioning like well, why, why are you giving them their costumes and their makeups like uh, hoping for cooperation Hoping for a lot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that. But this, this, so, so they get in the, the, the old ship and they're leaving. There's actually a missile hitting New York as they're leaving. Yeah. And they, they, they get some turbulence from said missile. But they're like, no, we're going to this other universe. We're going wherever Manhattan went. And then we cut to, we cut to uh, Gotham. And we see that we're not in happy times in Gotham. We see that mm-hmm. people don't trust the Batman as much as they used to. There's, like, you know, protests in the street. And I have to wonder, because obviously we know this is set a year in the future, and I'm thinking of what's going on in Detective right now. I'm like, oh, is, yep. is, that, is that leading to this? Is, is, you know, has that been thought out? And, yeah, so we get this idea of, like, you know, Lucius is like, hey, like, Batman's still useful, but the, the public opinion's not the same. And we have this kind of debate. And it's this, again, it's this idea of the heroes not feeling as heroic as they used to and the public perception yeah. of them changing and all those kind of themes. Uh, and obviously he's, he's doing a Rorschach test <laughs> when we first see him. Which, which I love. And you look at the first two and you're kind of like, yeah, you can make up what those are. The third one is is designed deliberately to bring about certain emotions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, in everybody, which kind of undermines the point of a Rorschach test, but I like what they were doing there. They're kind of playing up on that dichotomy between Rorschach and Batman. Yeah, especially the, these flawed heroes that work yeah, the streets. Because later on, when you see the uh, like the panel of them like, with these dead mm-hmm. parents in the street in the alleyway, and then you see the Rorschach test right next to it, showing you the exact yep. image, just like ah, okay, that's, that's what he yeah, always yeah. sees essentially. But no, I, I like that, uh, especially since people always compare Rorschach and Batman, and obviously we we're yep. going to end the issue with them kind of coming together and meeting for the first time. Yep. 
Uh, so that no, was a nice thing. Honestly, though, like, so at one point he looks up in the sky and the bat signal's there, and then the, the scene continues and they're, they're talking. And at the end of the scene, we get what might be one of the most iconic sequences of panels I think I've ever seen in a comic book. Yeah. We the night owl, like, so you can see the bat signal through the clouds, and the, mm-hmm. the way it's, like Frank's drawn it, you see it's sort of properly going over the clouds. It's very cloudy and sort of like almost yeah. bubbly the way it's drawn, and you just see like these two lights where the, the bat eyes would be. And the ship flies through the bat signal. It is such a great moment, mm-hmm. and yeah. So, so they're here. They're here in the DC universe, and they handcuff the the marionette and the mime. Uh, they're bringing the cat, <laughs> which, yep. which Roger doesn't understand. But Oz is like, "Hey, no, he's he's the compass. Like he he's going to be useful." But yep. they go to the library to like investigate and see. Okay, what's on with this world? What's going on? And what's happening in the world? And they're like, oh, some of these characters, these, these people are fictional on our Earth. And, well, let's try and find out what happened. Let's explain to them. Let's find the smart, smartest men in the world. And the two he comes up with, Lex Luthor, of course, and also Bruce Wayne. Now, I think it is a little bit debatable who the who's second one, smartest... No, no, no. I think it's debatable if Batman should be the second one. Because I feel like you've got all these other people on, on DC University. You know, Mr. Terrific, you got... Uh... Well, Mr. Terrific's bag was always, he's always the world's third smartest man. Oh, like, sure. That was always written on his blurb, which I love because then it opened for debate who's one, who's two. Because like, I'm just I'm thinking like there's a lot of other scientists and stuff in the DCU, and there's a lot of other. Well, I mean, yeah, Doctor Tom Morrow. You yeah, have, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think some of the other uh, Wonder Woman's villain. What's her name? Uh, Veronica uh, Kale. Yeah, she's she's another one that's super smart. So yeah, I mean, but it really drives the point home uh, that. This is always a thread that I always wanted in a comic, and I'm glad that Johns is doing this of hmm. Lex Luthor Corp versus Wayne. And Especially since you, you find out earlier on that Lex Corp is trying to buy yeah, uh, Wayne the, Industries. The so board. So that's what Lucius is is talking to Bruce about, and he's kind of like, "Well, the board votes no confidence. Like, there's nothing we can do to stop this takeover. And again, and if they get in." They're gonna have everything, yeah. Bruce. And like, again, you need to stop this. This mirrors the whole idea that the the cynical Lex Luthor mm-hmm. is going to overtake the heroic Batman because yep. the, because the public opinion and the opinion in this case of the board is changing that they're going to yep. like give in to this like powerful cynic instead. And so, so that theme is mm-hmm. sort of running through uh, yeah. the various plot lines, which is really nice. And but yeah, so so it's like okay, so we got we got Lex Luthor and Bruce Wayne. So which one do you want to take? We'll split up. So obviously yeah. we have Oz going to Lex because that, we want to see that meeting. We have of Rorschach course. going to Batman because we want to see that meeting. And of course Rorschach, you know, he eats his pancakes, <laughs> the delinquent. And he yeah. obviously, he's got his detective skills, so he finds the entrance to the cave, which sets off a sensor, which alerts Batman to his presence. Uh, but what I particularly like though about all this stuff is the idea of uh, Rorschach going around the cave and he's talking about how, wait, this is sick. He's keeping so many trophies. This, this is how Kovacs found all his, his culprits because they, yeah. they they had to hold out of the past. I think it's a very interesting thing for him to compare Batman to all the villains that Rorschach dealt with. Which, which has always been a thing, though. Like One of the best descriptions I've heard of, of Batman is he's a, a hero that fights the villains like they would. Mm. You know, He uses villain tactics to take down the villains, so of course he keeps trinkets. And at the end of the day, he's still that scared you know, 10-year-old boy and he, he needs these keepsakes to remind him of his mission. And I like looking through these, and, like, there's that suit that's that's forefront, and I can't figure out whose it is. It's the yellow and, and red one. Mm. Um, it looks like Universo from the, the Legion, 
of superheroes who's a villain, but why would that be in the Batcave? That makes no sense. So I'm wondering if this is like a John's Easter egg of something to come. It may be, yeah. Uh, I mean, if anything, if, I mean, I didn't, get, I wouldn't get that reference because I'm not as good in religion as you are. Of but I think that if I'm looking at it, it looks almost like the with the, you know without the hat, like kind of like a jester mm-hmm. outfit almost. Yeah, but you look around. There's there's like a, a glass orb around the mask, under the glass. Too. Oh yeah, so yeah it's that's like, right. Was, that's true. was this a Mister Freeze, like from back in the day that I just don't know about? I don't think it's Mister um, Freeze, but I mean, I can I can see right. what you mean with the glass head. Yeah, that's a bit odd. Because then you look and it looks like fireflies. Uh, flamethrower behind him and yeah, you maybe, have the penguins umbrellas I mean maybe, maybe it's just an old firefly costume I mean I don't, I don't know what yeah. a firefly looked like back in the silver age or whatever yeah. but but yeah so I just you know I look into these things behind because we have the issue in the button of the flash going oh, through the JLA of course yeah. satellite that was just all there and John's never does anything by accident especially with Frank uh, yeah, everything has a meaning so the fact that you know like he said that only monsters keep trophies like these and that's, I mean, that's how you can kind of see Batman, you know, and, and my anti-bat days when it was very much more prominent than it is now. Uh, then, yeah, I, I would agree with Rorschach. Oh, that reminds uh, me, actually. Appar- apparently, so someone commented, someone on Reddit did the math on the, the baseball from, from uh-huh. last, last Batman issue. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, appa- apparently... Again, I'm just going from memory here, but apparently the the fastest he could throw it without it like disintegrating would be 300 miles per hour, right? Which would mean which Bat- is three times faster than any pitcher can throw a ball. Yeah, but all Batman would have to do is swing earlier than so it was like yeah, he'd have to like what was it like 0.5 seconds be as he does the wind up or something like that. Someone did the math and worked it out. <laughs> yeah, at best, I'm going to say this: at best, Batman would have to bunt it at a 300 mile an hour ball that wouldn't shatter the bat. Because it's coming so fast, there's just there's just baseball physics here, Pete, that I can't get over. That's because, all. Because Batman, Matt. Because Batman. I know, I know, I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> uh, so they they got the Lex and uh, or you got as Ozymandias going to Lex's uh, business, yeah. and Lex, of course, just rubbing him off. And I particularly enjoy you. Know, we cut away to what Rorschach's doing. We come back. And I love that he's explained, like, and Lex is like, so let me get this straight. you got all these writers and artists to fabricate this, like, giant alien to unite the Earth, and you're surprised it didn't work. If you're the smartest man on your Earth, I'd hate to meet the dumbest. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's always good, you know? Like, I love when Lex gets to be sassy. Oh, he's ultra <laughs> sassy. That, this is, like, sass to the max. Uh, and of course, obviously, I'm enjoying the meeting of these two minds. It's like the way Alex reacts to him, Ozymandias trying yeah. to talk to him. Well, it was but, on that fantastic cover that my shop didn't have any of uh, with, with Lex in his boardroom mm. with Ozymandias' hand on his shoulder. And it's it's not that at all. You know, it's Lex actually going, well, who the hell are you? What are you doing here? This None of this checks out. So, yeah. uh, yeah. so no, it's interesting. So, uh, obviously, we have a surprise guest who shows up at this scene uh, and I'm not ready I don't think it's necessarily really him no uh, I, I I would speculate lots of things uh, one I mean I don't think it's in his head because Lex also reacts to gunshots so yeah. some some things physically they are doing this but it appears to be the comedian who talks about how our oh, last time comedian came for or last time Ozymandias came for him he wasn't prepared he was sitting watching TV but oh, now yeah. he's ready he's ready to take him on which means something's playing off of Ozymandias' memories, mm. right? Because we can assume he's the only one that would have known that. Is you know, comedian's final minutes. 
were him and Ozymandias. So either this is just a figment of his brain tumor, which I've seen a lot of speculation of, or this is this is Mr. Mr. Oz. Um, that's a slip. Uh, mm. Manhattan. This is his first strike uh, on this because they they speculate that this was the Earth that Manhattan came to, and he's been here a while. So uh, let well, that I, speculation fly. I think it's who, more than speculate at this point. I think they've well, tracked him here. Yeah, that's what I mean. But they he's he, they know he's hiding, but they don't know how if he's blended in who he is. Which again, let that that speculation amongst us fly on who he's been hiding as. I, I, I don't I don't think this is Manhattan. I feel like this is too early for, and mm-hmm. probably the least interesting way. I, I, honestly, if I have any complaints about this issue, is that this comedian cliffhanger at the end, it just kind of feels a bit like shock value and, you know, next issue it may yeah. not amount to much and I mean, maybe I'm wrong in that. It, it may end up being like a big deal. It just, it feels like that's such an obvious cliffhanger to do. It's like, oh, someone who you thought was dead in Watchmen is here in the last page mm-hmm. like it was so obvious that at some point we were going to get a, an issue end like that so I, if anything i'm glad to get out of the way now yeah. <laughs> don't do it again because well, like, of course but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, I, but i like the the bigger cliffhanger that we see the mime and marionette um yeah him they're, they're, using his invisible stuffy and he he pulls out an invisible lockpick which apparently works he, because they get out yeah <laughs> so you know we see that we see they're free. They're free in Gotham. They're loose. It'll be interesting to see how Batman reacts to this pair. Uh, you know, given they are kind of similar in some ways to some characters that he's dealt with, and no. so on. So that 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 will be curious. And of course, we we have the just the the, the first glimpse of the Batman Rorschach meeting with uh, yep. him being you ate my breakfast. Yes, I did. Yes, it was it was delicious. <laughs> <laughs> we know he can't pass up pancakes because I mean he is human, you know. But, I mean, I just love that they were wrapped in foil, left for Bruce by Alfred, like, in the library. Like, the most random place to leave pancakes. The idea of Batman dancing around the warped justice logic of Rorschach is fascinating to me. I cannot wait to see how this is tackled next issue. Well, we we know with Kovacs everything was black and white, and it doesn't seem like that's the way with this new Rorschach. Mm. So even that, that... The difference between the two, as well, you know. I mean, that that could that could be one of the the threads for the for the series as a whole is maybe Batman kind of like lets Rorschach grow a little bit, like in kind of. Mm-hmm. I mean, this Rorschach. I mean, not Kovacs, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, you know, maybe yeah. gives him a, a sense of oh, there's better ways to do this, or something mm-hmm. like that. I don't know. Um, yeah. And then, and then we get to the back matter, which I thought, did you read all of that? I didn't read all of that. I, I did sort of skim it, okay. and I saw you know the whole idea of the, the Superman theory. Because uh, yeah, so there's this distrust that's getting spread in the DC universe at this this time in the timeline, where everyone's kind of suspicious because most superheroes, most people with superpowers, all seem to be American. Yeah, and why is that? Yeah, I mean, so it, people are starting to theorize that it's like you know the government were experimenting, and this is all. Yeah. And they get into the origin of Metamorpho, who we know is returning through metal, which mm. is the so the fact that he's showing up here was a surprise to me. They talk about Rex Mason and his whole entire origin is he gets tricked into obtaining this rare Egyptian artifact by his soon to be father in law as a means to get rid of him. And it and it turns him into the elemental man and he can transform into any element in the human body and you know. But this twists it that Rex Mason and his his father-in-law were in on it together. And this was 
the like one of the first attempts to create like a, a government not a government sponsored but like a a corporate superhero yeah that was under you know lease to him it's it's, um, it's fascinating because at one point batman in the book uh, or bruce more specifically uh, yeah. even mentions like interference from russia uh, and and Markovia. And Markovia. He says, "Oh, and yeah. w- w- what's going on with them?" And that makes me wonder, like, if we're getting a little bit political here, like, is this oh. implying that some of these stories about you know this this Superman? Because it would make sense that this this theory comes from outside the country. That other people yeah. went, "Hey, you're doing something weird because you have all these mm-hmm. superpowered people." Like, it makes sense yeah. that that comes from elsewhere. And and it's very also Cold War eighties, mm. uh, while while being contemporary, which I feel like. There's a, a modern Cold War going on right now that's under the current, so the Johns can tap into that. I mean, that's, that's his era of comics. I mean, he loves Firestorm, and Firestorm's main villain was a Russian guy, you know. Uh, and and then you have the whole Rocket Reds of that era, which were you know, the USSR's response to the Justice League, you know. So it's, I think that just and then to add Markovia there and just Batman and the Outsiders. You know, it's just, it's weird that this is all coming up in the back matter. And there's also a reference to Alan Scott with a a, mm. a green fire in, in the picture. A bizarre green fire destroys All-American Steel Factory. Which, of course, is exciting because if we're teasing JSA members, obviously we had Johnny Lighton already. We've had him since the start oh. of Rebirth. Uh, it's like, okay, now we've referenced Alan Scott. Well, we've seen Jay Garrick in Speed Force. Uh-huh. You know, we're building some and of the we, prominent members here. We're teasing a lot of them now. Yeah, so there's just a whole lot there, and I like that they're using the Watchmen method there mm. of explaining the story fuller in these text articles. Here's a question. Do you think um, when the Jesse comes back and we have Alan Scott, do you mm-hmm. think they're going to call him Green Lantern or call him the Sentinel? Sentinel. Mm. Because... If you call him Green Lantern, then it ha- I mean, then you have to get back into the Star Heart, and I can just see John's trying to make it clear as possible mm. that yes, he cut it into a Green Lantern because that was the uh, easier form to control it. But he is he is Sentinel, okay. he's Alan Scott, Keeper of the Green Flame. Yeah, uh, but uh, I I enjoyed this issue a lot. I, I think again, uh, I was just again excited. Everything was kind of tickling, like. Like building up the the main the marionette, the you coming through the bat signal to Gotham, actually being in the world and looking for him. Which and then yeah. of course the final big question that you alluded to a couple of minutes ago is, oh. if Manhattan is hiding and pretending to be someone else, who is he? And have we been yeah. seeing him over the past year and a half? Yeah, before reading the Captain Adam mini that I thought was going to be you know important, I would have said, oh, he's definitely Captain Adam. It's the most familiar to his own origin and i mean that would be paying lip service to the original character because that's who mm. dr manhattan was based on that said that miniseries did absolutely nothing to clarify anything with captain adam it would actually be out of character had it been dr manhattan the whole time so i i don't know i, I feel if he shows up it's it's gonna have to be a shocker you know and i just don't know where though i don't know who he could have been in the past, in the present. I mean, I wonder if we find out he's been someone fairly prominent this whole time, and the real version of that person is, uh, you know, is is somewhere else. You know, you know, kind of like yeah. how someone was, like Tim was trapped in Ozzy's prison, displaced. Yeah, oh. uh, I, I wonder if we get something like that, or oh, who, who would make some sense if it's, if it's some list. Like, I'm, I'm trying to think: is there anyone who's typically in the JSA who's still around? 
and maybe we could find out, oh, that's really in Manhattan, and then the real version mm-hmm. is actually someone who remembers the JSA. I, I don't know, I'm just trying to... Yeah, I'm... Or not even just the JSA specifically, just, nice. I mean, could, could be Legion, but I don't think there's any Legion people running around. No, oh. no, that that has more to do with Emra in, in Arkham, and I think we'll get to that yeah. soon. But those seeds are planted in the button, so I'm also trying to go back in, into the button and him seeing or, or or zoom saying that he saw god and there's that blue aura mm. i feel now that was a red herring and because if he had seen god then is is manhattan actually not on this earth he's just influencing this earth through that like there's so many possibilities i can't I mean, even, I mean it could be doing uh, both he could be here in disguise yeah. but also influencing it yeah what if he's sassy alfred <laughs> <laughs> Oh god, uh, um, uh, I don't know. I, I think I think obviously the speculation yeah. is going to be. I, I think with every passing issue of this, we're maybe going to have more ideas and yeah. thoughts as to who That's, it may be. My my only negative takeaway out of this was I want issue three right now. I don't want to, yeah. have to wait another month. That that is fair. Like, obviously the art's fantastic. We talked about the art a lot more in the last issue, mm-hmm. but just worth mentioning. Obviously, yeah. I mentioned a couple of specific moments, but for the most part, it's just phenomenal from start to finish. Yeah. I, I have no complaints. Layout's the other great. thing too. What was was John's and, and Frank the nostalgia panel, where where Marionette talks about Veet's perfume called Nostalgia, and she talks about how everybody loves it, and once they get a whiff, they can't get enough. <laughs> and if that's not the meta commentary on this entire, you know what's been going on with Rebirth, I don't know what is. Mm-hmm. Like I thought that was just a smart, and the way that it breaks down over the panels, and you're talking about his other stuff. His newer stuff's not as good. Nothing compares to nostalgia. I was just like, man, John's is cutting loose in a way that I haven't seen, and I've read this a lot of what he's done. Yeah, no, uh, it's exciting. As DC fans say, like I said, my only real criticism would maybe be that the the, the comedian cliffhanger is just kind of an obvious thing that they had mm-hmm. to do at some point. So it, it, it sort of oh. landed in, a, okay, I'm not mad at it, but like I was kind of yeah. expecting this, and it just feels like something that was going to happen. So, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah. Well, let's move on. So we, we got a, an event still going. <laughs> we have metal. <laughs> it's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a one shot this week. Which, by the way, can I just point out? I just I realized just this week. I was looking ahead at the schedule. Uh, yeah. When we get that other one shot, they announced for for uh, February, March the yeah the wild hunt one. Uh, yeah, that actually replaces a main issue. We, we, we don't get a main issue that month. Oh, Oh man! So it pushes the ending another month. I mean, maybe that was always planned, and obviously we didn't have the solicits yet. But it just, I was like, oh man, really? Again, we're going to <laughs> spread this out. Anyway, uh, so this is Hawkman found number one. Jeff Lemire writing and Ryan Hitch on art. Although, as the credit page would uh, call him, Jeff Lemire. Lemire. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed that was one of the letters. But no, I think he's missing. Yeah. Yep. Uh, amusing. Lemire. It's the I. Was oh, it the I? Sorry, there you go. Yeah. yeah. So Lemire. Mm-hmm. Lemur. Uh, Lemry. Lemry. Yeah, it sounds kind of Irish, actually. <laughs> Jeff Lemry. He is, he is from Canada. That's close enough. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, Canada uh, and Ireland. So similar. Yeah, very. Anyways, this uh, issue. Now, Pete, let me ask. Mm. How familiar are you with Hawkman? Oh, I feel like... I feel like Hawkman's a character I've interacted with a, like a lot of times across a lot of comic books, across showing up in multiple TV shows, and somehow I feel like I've never really learned properly about him because every time I encounter him, his backstory is just a little bit different. <laughs> yeah, so 
It's hard to get a handle on him, you know? <laughs> so I knew this was coming, so I started reading the Johns Robinson Hawkman from the early 2000s. Mm. And with all the other comics we've been reading, it's it's taken a backseat. But over the Christmas break, I had some extra time. So I, I wailed through it. And I finished, no joke, a day before this came out. And I gotta say, having read the Johns Hawkman and then read this, it makes it a much better read. I feel oh, if you're familiar at all with that, you can connect to this this whole the whole cycle of Hawkman it, it, of the the live and rebirth. It's on the, uh, the 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 wish list, and despite the fact there's a giant sale on Comicsology, and despite the fact that I may have spent. Uh, an, obs- an obscene amount of money. I did not quite get the Hawkman book one trade. Uh, I mean, book two is out later this year, so I'll probably end up getting both volumes sometime oh. in the year uh, in a sale again. Uh, I bought a lot of stuff though. Like, oh, Jesus, yeah. a lot of stuff. A lot of DC stuff. I even bought a lot of Marvel stuff. I, I got all ten and Canny X Men Masterworks. I read, I, I read the first one of those. It was pretty good. Started volume two. Uh, you're becoming a dirty X Men mark. Uh, reading. Resurrection of Jean Grey. I like X Men. What do you want? I like, like X Men and Spider Man. And if the rumors about uh, Aaron Avengers next year's true, then you know I'll yeah. probably read some Avengers and I'll try. Uh, what was the other one? Uh, Spencer Spider Man. Well, I'll, I'll try Spider-Man's that. Spider Man's the other rumor coming out. Uh, but but anyway. yeah, so I read this. <laughs> it was about twelve issues uh, with some extra material, and it's all about the the legacy of the Hawks and how Jonathan Robinson, as Pete was saying. The origins were a mess because some of the time he was an archaeologist that was a reborn Egyptian prince. And yeah, sometimes he's an alien from the planet Thanagar. Sometimes he's an alien from Thanagar and part of a police force, and that's what the Hawks are. And to but, me, that's always the least, the least interesting because I like. Yeah, it, you know, I don't. There's there's elements to it that are that are cool. It's nice to have a planet in space that we know quite well yeah. that's that's like thriving and functioning. So that, yeah. that's kind of a cool so, thing. But. So what Johns and Johns did was he did a little of both is that the the appearance of the nth metal to ancient Egypt but from a Thanagar ship or Thanagarian. Yeah. Well I I think I knew that because I've read up until yeah. uh, the return of Hawkman in JSC. Yeah. So, so so you get about the backstory in that, yeah. Yeah, so by doing that and combining them, you can have the best of both worlds. He can be reborn as a hawk cop on Thanagar with as long as his beloved's there and I just again the the theme of rebirth and cycles really comes into play in Hawkman found uh but it doesn't leave it like from from where metal left us I, I was hoping for a little bit more answers yeah there's no answers in this at all, at all. That, that, that's like, this, that, this issue is just an inside his head recurring nightmare that keeps playing on a loop yep. that's all this issue is and yep. here's the thing I actually I'm kind of mixed on this issue because I think it's really well written. Lemure's like voice for yeah. the character and like all his narration is great. Uh, some of the panels are great. I like the whole overall story of him. You know, he wakes up, he's like trapped in this weird like world, and he's climbing the rock. He's fighting these hawk monsters. He gets up to this spaceship and he he takes the Hawkman armor for himself. He goes flying yeah. and then he falls, and that's the end of his nightmare. And then he wakes up and he just keeps repeating it, right? I like that. And the whole idea is that this is what's happening inside his head, but in the outside he's really this big monstrous hawk man that we saw yeah. at the end of Metal number four. Yeah. I like yeah. all that stuff in theory. I think it's well written. I do honestly feel though that I, I think this would have been better as like a backup to a, a main issue or something like that. I feel like as a yeah. standalone issue that you have to pay for, this felt really unsatisfying as a, as a read. It was, but, but at the same time I loved what I read. 
So I was just kind of like, yeah, have, maybe parse this out throughout metal, you know, or or like you said, a backup in one of the crossovers or something. Yeah. You know, or even I, like... but because I don't, I don't, I did not enjoy what I read. I just calling it Hawkman found after meeting this hawk monster at the end of the last issue of Metal. I was kind of like, oh, cool, we'll see where that came from. And then we didn't get that, and that's more on my expectations. But it's just it still feels yeah. lost. It just because we because we end with that panel of seeing the big mm-hmm. monstrous Hawkman again. It's like, yeah. all right, so we didn't really accomplish much in this week. We got no. like don't get me wrong. I like some of this stuff where you, you see in the character's head and they're trapped inside. But devoting the entire issue to that and not having any of like how he actually transformed into this thing or anything like that. Because yep. you know, because he he remembers. As he's like climbing the ship, he's like, "Oh, I'm starting to remember who I am. Like, I remember yep. getting the call from Challenger Mountain. I remember coming in and getting to the forge, and, and so there's a little bit of it there, but there's not really any like the why or the how or the, the like any no. of that stuff." Well, and I also like the commentary on on the character because that's him every time he discovers yeah. he's born in a new body, discovers he has this legacy of Khufu the or Khufu, the Egyptian prince, and then he's fated to die again so he can be reborn to do it again. And, you know, so overall in the character, that's a cool take. Like, you gave us a footnotes version no, of like, the character. I think the nicest thing I can say about this is that if, if, if we're teasing that Lemire's going to do a Hawkman series, I want to read it. Like, I, I want yeah. it. So I'll give it a win on that call. Yeah, it even teases the other identities, and they're the ones in the cave that, that won't come out. You know, mm. so these are – so Carter Hall keeps getting killed over and over again, but there's these other versions of him that can still live, you know, even if Carter Hall can't. For whatever reason, hmm. uh, I also kind of wanted the Lady Blackhawk thing to be paid off a little bit. Like, what was that about in metal? Yeah, we don't you know, know about like, that. Yeah, because I, I, I thought it may, I thought it may intercut with the, like that ex- yeah. explanation as well. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't have been disappointed, or I'm disappointed without well, it. No, but, but it, the fact that they're so connected, yeah. that Kendra and him, like, okay, so he fell and became this monster. And through timey wimey shenanigans, that's what happens to her too. Because yeah. they're always going to be connected. Yeah, the only, I would have liked a bridge there. Yeah, the only the, the only mention of her is like the 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 Hawkman villain like in the ship like says, "Oh, he's going to go after yeah. her next." Like that is the only yeah. mention you get of her the entire issue, really. Uh, unless maybe he mentions it at one point in his narration, but that's about yeah. it. But there's there's no yeah. real tangible connection. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean. It was an enjoyable enough read because it's well written, and yeah, I mean, I'm not a big yeah. fan of Hitch's art, but there's a few nice moments. I, I like the uh, when he's climbing the rock looks quite good, and then when he jumps, he says, "To you know, to do this, I have to fly," and it's like him leaping from yeah. the rock to the the ship. Like that's a really good, well paced moment. I thought uh, so. So there's got some stuff in there, but uh, yeah, it's just it's, it's as a standalone issue that you have to pay on its own for. It is kind of yeah. a weird, like non thing. Yeah. So I agree. So. So, but I don't want to shit on it too much because I think it's well written. And I, I think no, you know. yeah, that's it. That was my whole thing. Where I'm like, I liked it, but I wanted more from it. Like, yeah. And yeah. They, when they announced that Lemire was doing this, and they kind of teased that there may be a Hawkman ongoing from him in the future. Like, I want that now. So yeah, I'll call it a win overall. But I, I do think yeah. this is the sort of thing where I think when this is just added into the trade later with other stuff, yeah. it'll be a fine addition to the trade as a standalone yeah. issue. Uh, maybe save your money. <laughs> yeah, definitely, because it, it adds nothing really to the story. It's just a cool Hawkman tale, yeah. you know. Just that's just an internal thought night, nightmare process, which I like the idea of, but it doesn't really. Which was that, and that that's metal in a nutshell in the dark multiverse, right? They're mm. all these nightmares, and so, but yeah, 
Uh, I'm just happy to have Lemire back at DC. That's oh, all. as am I. I, I missed him. Terrific's uh, the end of February is going to be yeah first big book launch of the year, I think. Yeah. I feel like he had to go so his oats over at other companies, and now he's ready to you know to come well, back and, funny. and do some El- big things. Earlier on, you mentioned Lemire's X-Men, and obviously I tried that because it's Lemire, and I like yeah. X-Men, and it just wasn't that great. And I feel like... No. Uh, I-, I think Lemire... I mean, I typically like his creator-owned stuff more than his superhero stuff, generally speaking, but I'm excited for him to like, dig into some more DC characters. Yeah, well, I mean, I love it. His Green Arrow run's one of my favourite of all time. Uh, I th- honestly, so... my favourite like hero of his is probably Animal Man, and I think giving him these like lower B characters, like a team yeah. like the Terrifics, or even Hawkman, who's a bit more known, yeah. but he's still, he's still a B guy, let's be honest. <laughs> like, he's not... He is. I mean, he showed up on Legends of Tomorrow, and he's done within like the first two episodes. Because he's more interesting as a dead character than a, mm. you know, you know what I mean? So, yeah. But, uh, it's just good to have Lemire back. Yes, and no, we I'm know not... that he's, he has a, a, a way of telling these stories, I think, that works a little bit better with DC than does Marvel. So Yeah, and I think when they do the whole big vertical relaunch uh, in the summer, yeah. which I'm looking forward to, by the way, we might, we might even cover a few yeah. of those books when, when they hit, because I think it'll be worth mm-hmm. trying them. I don't think it'll be something we cover oh, ongoing. Because we'll, you know, there'll be too many books overall, but especially gonna be him, Snyder, and and Williamson. Oh yeah, telling these these stories that they couldn't tell at DC, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, honestly, this is the thing. Like Snyder, at this point, I want to just you know what, leave superheroes behind. Just go, just do, mm-hmm. you you run Vertigo and just do a bunch of horror comics in Vertigo. That's what I want yeah, from Snyder because that's what he's really really good at. Scott, you, you've done you've done Batman for for a long while. You've done your your business. Just, just bring back American Vampire. Tell some horror stories. That's it. it. I think I've said this before, but I wouldn't say no to a, a an Aquaman by Scott Snyder because I'm thinking, you know, the yeah. horror of the the ocean, the depth, monsters. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm thinking that. But, Horrors of the depth. But hey, yeah, we even got my title. Let's move on. Let's let's move on to the next issue, yeah. which is uh, the next part of the Super Sons of Tomorrow crossover. It is Teen Titans number fifteen. Uh, Save oh. me, Pete. I, ha- I have Benjamin Percy written down, but it's not Benjamin Percy. It's uh, no. Tomasi and Gleason. Or is it just Tomasi? No. It's Tomasi and Gleason. Okay. They're, they're a team at this point. So Peter J. Tomasi and Patrick Gleason, as I type, really unprofessional during the show, uh, with Ed Benes and Jorge Jimenez on art. And this picks yeah. up, obviously we ended the last part of this crossover last week with Superboy going Supernova, uh, Solar Flare style, and you know blowing up half the Titans Tower. Uh, yep. and obviously the Tim was trying to get to him and that's, that was a big cliffhanger so this issue amounts to the Titan, Teen Titans waking up and being like hey what's going on uh, we have Robin uh, meaning Damien waking up and actually yeah. being really genuinely concerned for Superboy it was actually kind of sweet like yeah. him like oh where, where's where's John where's John where's and John he, yeah. and he's trying to find him and then he saves him from the water and he brings him up and uh, he's like okay I'm going to I'm going to go away with just me and you I'm going to leave the Titans behind because this is you know and to get you somewhere they safe. They can handle themselves, right? Yeah. Like, he needs to care for his friend. And, and I like that. And all the conversation between them and the ship was great. Like, it was John being, like, concerned, I can't be around people because I might be dangerous. And then yep. Damien being like, hey, it's not your fault. You can learn to control this. Uh, and so on and so forth. And he's like, hey, I'll help you. That's what friends are for. And, of course, John being like, I thought we were just partners. And he's like, shut up John like, like he's getting yeah. sweet he's being a friend and then as soon as it's pointed out to him he's like shut up John I'm Damien yep. I'm Robin son of Batman <laughs> go away yeah yeah uh, so and then they talk about Tim Drake and mm. about 
you know, when the time comes, like, yeah, you can say you're going to do all these things, Damien, but it's still basically your older brother, even if he's from a different timeline, you know, so how are you going to deal with that, deal with that? Yeah. And I like that because John says, but Jake's still Drake. And all Damien can say is like, yeah, he is, you know. Mm. No, uh, and then they even good. talk about trying to get a hold of, of their dads. And it's weird that they're not responding because this is something they would normally want to hear about. Yeah, And obviously we know that they're, they're incapacitated they're, yep, uh, from, by Drake. From, from the first issue. So you got that. You got the Teen Titans waking up and figuring out what's going on. Uh, and Tim Drake actually takes some outfits out of their storage and makes himself a new one and calls himself the savior. Yeah, a little, little on the nose. Little, little nail on the head. Nail on um, the head. I do kind of like that it's a very Red Robin-esque looking outfit. It is. Uh, the trench coat's a little much, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like Red I mean, Robin mixed with uh, Red Hood, actually. Yeah. The Red Hood part, not, not a big fan of. <laughs> but, <Oops>. you know. <laughs> but, I mean, I like Connor loves it, though. an identity. Yeah, of course he does. Connor was telling um, me just the other day that he loves this. It's it's like fusing the the best Robin with Tim Drake, who's okay and his opinion, you know, because his favorite is Jason Todd. Shots fired. <laughs> Shots are fired. So I'm not going to pile on that because I don't know how much he loves Tim, you know. But uh, again, last week I was saying how I want uh, this Tim Drake to to become Booster Gold's nemesis, and I feel now he has a a gimmick, if you will, of he's the savior. He's going to go change time. And Bruce is like, no, you can't change time. And you change time, bad things happen. And they just go back and forth. And, I feel uh, like Finding a way to submit this to DC. Uh, I feel like you're setting yourself up for failure here, Matt. Are you going to get your hopes up oh, that this is going to exist someday? <laughs> it's not. Oh, I know it's not going to, but I'm saying like, if they're interested in having a miniseries, I know a guy who will write it. Okay. That's all I'm saying. Well, you? You know? <laughs> Yeah, me. Of course, me. <laughs> <laughs> Booster Gold, Tim Drake, time travel shenanigans. It's got me written all over it. So, uh, so, so Tim comes to the Teen Titans and he's like, look, you've seen what you can do. This is dangerous. And some of them are like, you know, Raven and Beast are like, yeah, well, I can kind of see where he's coming from, uh, you know. But he's like, yeah, we're going to have to like find him and terminate him. And like, it's Starfire who's like, hey, say the word. No. If you're implying this, you just say yeah. it. And he's like, okay, we're going to have to kill Superboy. And Raven and Beast Boy are actually like, no, look, we actually think this is dangerous and we'll help you, but only if you agree that the plan is to depower him and like neutralize him that way. No killing. And Tim yeah. agrees, although he's lying through his teeth. I can, you can see oh, it mail yeah, away. Yeah, the, the dude carries guns. But like, come on. What I like about it is you buy why, because they, they were both teammates with him before, or Tim. So... You actually kind of buy why they're wanting to believe him because the, to them this is Tim and they know Tim well, and they're still seeing their friend the, in him. Yeah, those those are the two that spent the most time with him as far as this team's concerned. You know, yeah. he led them, and then then we have Starfire and Aqualad and and New Wally, Kid Flash. I guess I can just call him Kid Flash. You just call him Kid Flash. Um, <laughs> that's, that's easy. Yeah. Who are like, well, we don't we don't really know Tim that well. But we know Superboy, and we know Damien, and there's got to be a better way to do this. Yeah, I, I do out. actually like, because Damien leaves him a note uh, saying, give me time, and yeah. Starfire's like, he asked for time, we're going to give him time. But it, yep. it, when Raven like tricks them, and like, the, the, her, yeah. her, her uh, Gar, and Tim uh, go away to find them, 
Uh, Aqualad like puts his hands in the water. He's like, oh, and you know, Aqua powers activate. I know where they are. That's yeah. a that's a cliffhanger. Uh, mm-hmm. But of course, the one thing we've uh, we've left out here, of course, that I know Matt's very excited about, is glimpses of people in the future, uh, in this like Tim's huh? from Tim's timeline who are looking for him. Uh, we have the Titans of people tomorrow. in the future. You know who they are. Say their names: Cassie, Bar, yeah. and some other yeah. guy I've never heard of. Uh, <laughs> oh, you son of a bitch. Do you know? Do you know about? Obviously, we've been watching Young Justice for TV for the multiverse. Yeah, which yeah. was up a couple of days later. And I'm going to lie. Connor in those early episodes is a dick. It, that's not that's not my Connor. That <laughs> okay. was New Fifty Two. That was New Fifty Two era that they were trying to make okay. it more interesting. Um, He's an aggressive uh, asshole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because he doesn't know who he is, and he uh-huh. uh, my my Connor ships with with Cassie. That that's their one true pairing, which I hate that I have to use that as a. You know, not not as you'll find out. There's another character he partners up with, the Young Justice. I don't want to spoil it for you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, but that's, yeah. That's Anyways, uh, <laughs> oh man, this page. So I'm so talking about how they're the Titans and they have to rein Tim in. Like he's yeah. not too far this time. So so they'll, they'll yeah they're looking for him. And at one point, like when Tim starts to like you know fade through time, his arm actually goes through the time portal and like Wally's or doesn't worry, sorry Bart. Keeping all these flashes straight, it's kind of hard. Uh, just pulling on the arm, and uh, you know, so so some fun stuff there. Uh, what did you think of the outfits? Obviously, last time we saw uh, yeah. Future Bar, and we thought that's a reverse flash outfit. We see more of it here, so we see that he still has the red. He bomb. Is the red. It's yeah. just, it's, but the head looks like reverse flash because it's the full head yeah. yellow. Well, it's 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 Bart's kid flash costume from from John's Teen Titan Run. He has the red pants and the the yellow. I mean, now it's a yellow full on cowl. Yeah, because uh, yeah, I had the hair out before. Cowl. I mean, the hair was yeah. always out. That's, that's you know, that's that's Kid Flash, like yeah, classic. But, but the rest of it is is straight up his red gloves, his red red pants with the belt yeah. and all of that. Uh, and then Cassie's just basically Wonder Woman with with different color schemes. So she, she's got the uh, the more uh, Hippolyta style headdress, I think. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah. Got, yeah. got that going on. But a more warrior thing, and then um, Connor. Is no 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 more in t-shirt and jeans and boots. Good because it's a stripper look. Know? No, that that's his look. That is Superboy. That is fantastic. <sighs> no, no, but, like like you know what? I, I'm not just saying this to wind you up, Matt. But t-shirt yeah. and jeans is not a superhero outfit. No, that was Superman's and Action Comics. It's fine. And I hated that then too. That stupid Morrison one no. with the t-shirt and jeans. No, I love it. I love it. Hell, that uh, was t-shirt jeans and a cape. That was even more stupid. <laughs> Well, T-shirt and the cape, yeah. But here it's he's merged the two, where he has the cape and the Superman, you know, traditional looks Kryptonian. Yeah, so it's a super, the, Superman the outfit, but it's got the black the uh, behind the shield. Yeah, so. Uh, yeah. But hey, it's, it's a thing. Oh, man, these guys, just the fact that they exist again. This is what I need for until Legion gets here. Like, once I can focus on the Legion of the Justice Society, this is fine for now. They've acknowledged it. We can move on. That was always DC's biggest problem in New 52 is they just wouldn't acknowledge Wally West or Connor Cannon or any of these eras. And it, Stephanie Brown, drove us nuts. Now they're acknowledging it. I think they've learned their lesson. And Yeah, yep. you got to acknowledge Connor and his mom jeans. They're not mom jeans. They're dope jeans. Thanks. The mom jeans. Right? No. 
Oh, man. Am I getting into this? It's called I'm not doing M- it. Mom Jeans Boy. That's his new name, not Superboy. I'm not playing your game, Pete. Okay, so, so that's how we leave off, get into the, the fourth part, which is next week, which is Superman uh, next week. Yeah. Uh, 30, I think we're on. I think that's the issue. Uh, so, I thought it was fun. Uh, I thought the art, obviously we had two artists, uh, typically it was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the change in style was a little bit noticeable, uh, but both were yeah. good, so I can't really fault it too much. I, my favourite panels were probably when Damien was saving Superboy out the water. I really liked the look at that yeah. page. Uh, I thought that was really nice. The... Uh- I really like the prominence of Starfire here, and not not just because it's our joke with uh, with you because you didn't recognize her in, in the New Order, but why did you even bring that up? The, no, no one was thinking that was why we were mentioning her. <laughs> I know, I just have to. Uh, some <sighs> someone mentioned it on on Twitter, and so I had to go for it. But I, I like how she's become like the I don't want to say the mom of the team because that that's not big sister strong enough. Yeah, but she's she's taking responsibility for this team, and she really does feel like the leader. Like we all we all joke that Damien thinks he's in charge, but she's the one really calling the shots. And you know, between the art, she gets a lot of hero shots. Like you know, in the movie where you get that nice, you know, makes someone look like a bigger deal. She gets a lot of these in here, and that, that can't be a, an accident. You know, yeah, no, that's I... not just the artist going like, hey, this looks cool for a layout. Uh, and I like how between the art and the story, they really push her to the forefront here on this team. Yeah, uh, I'm actually I'm I'm excited to see the Teen Titans role in all this, and I wonder if this is one step closer. Now it's weird, admittedly, adding Superboy to the Titans because I mean they have Super Sons, so at that point, well, you know, yeah. Super Sons is essentially just a two of the Titans, which is kind of weird. Yeah. But you know, the world's I, part, finest. I mean, yeah. part of me wonders like, do we eventually get to like? Does Super Sons kind of end and Teen Titans becomes double shipping because it essentially absorbs Super Sons? Is that a thing that yeah. maybe happens one day? I don't know. Oh, well, we know we know Percy's kind of he said he's taking a little bit of time off coming up. Like he says, his twenty eighteen is going to be really busy. So so maybe he's just going to be doing Green Arrow. Well, he said and... he, was, he said he was slowing down. I I I don't know if that because yeah. obviously Green Arrow went single shipping, so that that saves him yeah. an issue a month <laughs> at the very least. Yeah, but so, I mean, if if Gleason or Gleason, if if Tomasi and Gleason take Super Sons and Teen Titans, and they're both single shipping, it, basically, if you put them sta- on staggered weeks, you know, you get you get a, a twice monthly book. Yeah, no, I so, mean that, that that could be something that happens. Uh, yeah. Throw an Emmy, and we've got a we're cooking. <sighs> We're cooking my gas. Yeah. Uh, that said, though, I mean, I like I like both Percy on uh, on Teen Titans and I like Tomasi on yeah. Super Sun. So I mean, I mean, I'm happy to keep both the way they are if that doesn't happen. No, me but... too. I'm just it's conspiracy theories are more fun. Yeah. You know. I just it feels natural at some point John might just join the team. Like it feels natural yeah. eventually we're going to get to that point. Well, right? I, but... I mean, when you look at the original Titans, Superman really didn't have a presence; just everyone else did because mm. he never really had a sidekick uh, until really Superboy came and the death of superman uh and now we have john so i just i, I would like you know what it's actually kind of weird that at least in a major way supergirl has never been a part of the, the titans it is it is isn't it i mean she's a teenager right now <laughs> yeah so she should be that should be the representation probably you know yeah. but hey you whatever know? i'm not gonna i'm gonna complain she's a lone wolf those things on her own yeah not yeah. uh yeah, but hey, she she so, was on the Cry for Justice team, if you remember that at all. 
Or if you try to forget it, I understand. Yeah, just blank that from my memory, Matt. I'm, I'm sorry. There you go. Uh, let's move on. Let's move on to Detective Comics mm-hmm. 971, James Tenney in the fourth, Miguel Madoncha on the art. Uh, so... I enjoyed the last couple of issues of this, but the last couple of issues were definitely set up. This was the payoff. This is everything coming together, and I love this issue of tech. I, I don't like what it made me do. I don't, I don't like that it made me feel things. Oh, okay. Right. At the it. end. Mm-hmm. It yeah. did make me feel things. It makes you feel a lot of things. Uh, so basically, uh, the Victim Syndicate and all of their followers have got Arkham... And they're making demands. The reporter goes in. There's a little bit of Arkham Asylum, you know, old Grant Morrison's story, in the sense that their demand is that Batman okay. come to the asylum and surrender. Uh, and he kind of does. In fact, I love this the scene back at the Belfry where they're all kind of arguing, and like uh, Kate like brings up that Tim tried to like contact Kane about the you know you know the colony airship becoming part of their yeah. their arsenal, and they all kind of give Tim shit, and it breaks it into this argument. And I love that Cass is like. No, not now. Clayface in trouble. Like, and she's like, no. She's like, no, we're doing this now. Stop this. Our and friend is in trouble. We need to help our friend. Who cares about your difference in philosophy? Yeah. I, uh, that's why I love Cass. And fewer words, because it's Cass. <laughs> but, well, of course. Yeah. So, so that, that, I, I love those moments. And then, like, you know, Tim keeps trying and trying. And eventually, Bruce is just like, Tim, enough, damn it. Right? This is what we're doing. Yeah. And... Like, everyone's, like, wanting Batman to go himself. The mayor wants him to go himself. Even Gordon, because... And, you know, when he shows up and Gordon's like, you know how I feel about kids, yeah. Batman. Like, you know, it's like, you know, he'll help Batman to the end, you know, to the end of the earth, but he mm-hmm. does not condone the kids helping. No. So, oh, no, I man. like that. I, I love what Batman does, though, here. Like, it, go, it's... Just going most... in, without, without hesitation, just going in and surrendering. He goes in and surrenders, yeah, but, the, of course, you know there's more to that plan. Oh, sure, yeah. You know? And so I just love him going in there and basically getting the first victim to kind of monologue for a bit. You know, it gives us some nice exposition. Um, I mean, I need to know who this first victim is. I feel like it's staring us in the face. Uh, we're building to it. Him being able to put the... Yeah. Well, I just mean, like, we should be able to pick up on the... You know, Tinian's is such a good writer. We should be able to pick up on the breadcrumbs. But he's done such a good job at keeping it close to the vest. Mm. Like, we're, we're just there... Uh, and then when it's revealed, we'll be like, "Oh, yeah, that makes sense." You know? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, emotionless was a gut punch. Obviously, something else is brewing because he sends the rest of the team to sort of monitor the the, mm-hmm. the rallies that are in support of the victim syndicate in various parts of town. And they notice that oh, these sewer lines, like these locations are weird. And the only thing that makes sense is that the sewer lines connect to Arkham. So mm-hmm. you know what's going on there? Your mic's going, Matt. Uh, so you know, interesting, interesting ideas there. But, but yeah, Batman get into into the asylum and obviously he has his badass moment where victim says like, well you're going to have to fight all of us and he's like well let's get on with it then <laughs> and then we yeah. come back later and he's, he's just beating up like you know all these cronies the guards that's yeah. what he does but the emotional crux of this year so earlier on we had Cass you know being concerned about Clayface we see Clayface being tortured by Mudface like you know electroshocked she's trying to goad him into being the villain and at the end of the issue is like a proper horror monster movie where Batman realizes what's happened. He's telling Jim and the, the cops to get out, and we see yep. just the, the clay coming in and then forming. And it's like I don't feel, you know, I don't feel sad or guilty anymore. I'm who I am. And he just the, the final big page is a monstrous Clayface coming to fight. And I'm like, you shouldn't have trained me. Because now he can fight. Yeah, now he's a good fighter as well. Yeah. <laughs> Joe, you, you I love about this. I love that since the start of this book, we've been kind of almost been building to this. This yep. idea that he is good, 
but the evil side is fighting to get out and it's yep. been corrupted to this point. That this is so much pay- you can kinda of tell we're getting to the end of Tinian's run, I think. I feel like we're getting to the all the payoffs that he's got planned yeah. for, for the last sort of stretch of what he's doing. Um I feel like we may get an epilogue arc or two after this, but then that's probably going to be it. I think he's not long for this book. And in, in, in a good way, in the sense that he's ending his story, not yeah. because I think he's, he's running well, out of steam and maybe if, if that's just the way he writes, he takes some time off and then he'll come back and he can tell yeah, maybe. the next the next part. But yeah, just the whole the mud face thing. And like, if the victim syndicate's all supposed to be about making things right, it seems like they're not really. They're just about Ooh. the first victim being right. And that with Mudface, because he's like, you know, I came and I said I'm sorry. This is Clayface talking to Mudface. And there's nothing that I can do to take back what I did. You know, I've tried. And he even a couple issues ago told her about the cure. And he wanted to be her to get the first. But she just, she rather have hung on to the, the hate. you know, yeah. the hate. And I just, I like that commentary. And I, I feel like Dr. October is going to come rushing in and we'll have a Beauty and the Beast kind of moment. With those two. Oh, I, I think she'll give whatever it is to Cass, and Cass will have the Beauty and the Beast moment. Ah, oh, that too. I, I think I think that's maybe where I'd see. I, I can see that being. Really, I think Cass will be the one who brings him back. Like he'll be fighting yeah. everyone, and Cass will be the one who talks sense to him yeah. in some way. Uh, and it'll be heart. It'll be heart wrenching. In fact, the whole thing, like him being tortured, it was kind of like kind of like a movie with an animal where the animal gets tortured. Yep. It felt like yep. that scene from like one of those movies. Yeah, definitely. And not that Basil's an animal, but just the way that they're doing it, and he's telling yeah, him to yeah. stop. You know and. He's like, just give me my cuff back, please. And you know, I'm thinking like how to train your dragon when like the yeah. like his dad and that are like mistreating toothless. Like it feels yeah. kind of like one of those moments, yeah. and uh, it, it hit hard. So no, I think this is paying off great. Uh, everything mm-hmm. he's been setting up for arcs and arcs is really starting to pay off. Mm-hmm. Uh, so no, yeah. I, I don't. And who would have thought that, that Clayface and Batgirl, well, Orphan, were gonna get the the two biggest developments in, in a book with. Kate Kane and Tim Drake and Stephanie Brown, you know. Well, that's the thing. I think they all have had big developments, which is the impressive part. Yeah, but those two characters are completely different from when we started with them. Versus, oh, yeah. I, I think they're, you know, they're the heart of the story, certainly. Yeah, at least so far. Uh, but I, I think they've all had growth, which is great. They've all had something that's yeah. kind of poking at who their character are. Some more than others. Uh, arguably, Batwing's maybe the least developed in the sense that he's just kind of the tech guy who's there. <laughs> And I'm okay with that because that's kind of who he is. You know, he he talks a big game, and even even Azrael in his short thing, he went from being like an orderly at Doctor Tompkins Clinic to back being Azrael again. So that was yeah, that's pretty cool. I just I really like what's going on in this book with with the Bat Team. Yeah, no, uh, the build up's great. We're, I feel like we're building this big you know event that's happened, this big crisis mm-hmm. with Arkham and all that. Uh, but it has the emotional core there because of Clayface. Uh, yeah. So it feels personal, and you you want to beat him, but you want to save him as well. You don't want him to have to go down. No. Uh, and you, you know, I think the biggest worry is that at the end of this, he's not he's not going to be back to himself completely. Like he's he's going to be back oh. to being a villain, and that is that is deeply concerning. And I never thought I'd say I'm hoping for Clayface to have redemption and be good, but it feels yeah. like it might go that way. And um, you know, it's just it's just it's just it's amazing how much I care about Clayface mm-hmm. now. Yeah. It's really impressive. I agree. So no, and that was pretty good. Not amazing, but good. Yeah. Solid. So does its job. 
That'll take us on to Action Comics 994, Dan Jurgens rating and on art. Uh, oh, they had four anchors. <laughs> I didn't notice that yeah. when, when I was glancing at the, uh, the, yeah, yeah. the, the credits page. It doesn't page. do too much, but you can kind of tell who took what. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, a, it's all styles. inconsistent because of that. But yeah, yeah so Booster uh, and Superman are on Krypton and Superman has no powers. And they're on the the run from uh, the Krypton guards. Eventually, the Eradicators. I, I did uh, also notice. I was getting a real Man of Steel vibe from Zod at one point because he yells out, "Find them!" And all I could, Bro. Th- yeah, I could just hear Michael Shannon in my head going, Me too. "I will find him!" Like I, I just fact, I could feel I that. Took that panel and took a picture of it as I was reading it and go, "Well, I'm glad Man of Steel's made this a thing." You know, the find him. Uh, uh, it was kind of perfect, and then I also liked how the Eradicators had the the House of Zod mm. logo on them, which was, which was cool because it would make sense that they'd be part of the military. And that on this new Krypton, because uh, we find out that through the time displacement that's been going on, this is a this isn't Krypton; it's new Krypton. It's a, yeah, it's and, an alternate Krypton where everyone's going to evacuate, and therefore, yep. like you know, they're going to survive and whatnot, and. Here's my thing with this issue. I think it's well written for the most part, and I, th- I enjoy the character beats with Superman and Booster, and Superman seeing yep. like the future or the, the life that he could have had with his Kryptonian wife and and daughter and sister and all the rest of it. I think my my, my only ish- real problem with this issue is that I feel like the whole idea of Superman seeing what his life could have been on Krypton is kind of a played out thing at this point. We've seen it big time a few times now. <laughs> like over the it comes up decades. like every six years. In, yeah, you know the way that I see the character through is he is like, yeah, he comes from Krypton, but he can never go back to Krypton. So all of this stuff that is, you know, Oh, well, what would have been like, it, it doesn't matter. Cause you were raised by the Kents on earth. Yeah. And- Cause it, but Mr. Even then his narration, he's like, Oh, I, even though obviously Lois and his, his earth family John. means something to him. He, he said that as if I'd forgotten his name. I was just, <laughs> I hadn't. <laughs> Uh, but no, like, even though his Earth family means something to him, like this must be like emotional seeing this, and I'm like, I guess, like I just, I don't know, it, it, it doesn't land for yeah. me as much anymore. This like, oh, what his life could have been on Krypton, kind of. The one, the one that gets me more is the the fact of his sister. Like there would have been a sister that was never there. Yeah. And him, him growing up, you know, by himself, and basically that that's that was his relationship with Lana and Pete to a lesser extent. You know, uh, so it's those things that I haven't really seen too far before but but yeah i mean it feels like such a jurgen story this feels like with the art and the way that he's telling it is straight from the 90s and that's okay you know i don't i don't i'm not saying this is slight but but yeah that's an idea that we've seen yeah. x I mean, amount of times i like superman grabbing booster's gloves so he can fight he's like oh i need a weapon that was yeah here give me that yeah that was great so and then he's really telling him about the, the flight ring from from the century, and he stole it from him. Like Skeet's just selling Booster up the the river, as if Superman doesn't know. Yeah, Booster's like borrowed. <laughs> borrowed, like, yeah. Come on. F- from a museum. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, nah, and obviously the big ending is that they they're trying to get away and travel through time, but he overshoots, and they end up in his time period of the twenty fifth century. Yeah. And one of the Eradicators has came through with them, so he's there, and it's a big action series. So I don't have a whole yeah. lot to say about this. Obviously, there's a little bit of the lowest stuff where John like doesn't yeah. want to lose a second grandfather, and and I, and I liked up. that, but this that that whole arc just feels like there he's justifying having Lois in the story. Yeah, it feels like she doesn't need to be there. 
for yeah. the story. Yeah, no, I agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe this will amount to something later, but it just it feels tacked on for the sake of oh, we have to have some Los and John in here at some point. Yeah, and we don't yeah. necessarily. It's okay for an arc to yeah. miss them out if, 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 if the story does not require their their presence. That's okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's, it's an okay issue. Like I think it's it's well enough written. It's just kind of like it's, it's a satire trope, and it ultimately amounts to a big action scene that ends up with them landing in the twenty fifth century. So. Yeah. Uh, also, the idea of of Jor-El and Zod becoming partners on this new mm-hmm. Krypton, and they're the ones that are kind of running the show, and they have it split down the lines, but you feel like it's not a... It doesn't feel like a cold Krypton like that we've seen before. It actually feels like a, you know, a proper like alien civilization. So yeah, whatever the issues yeah. of Krypton were, it seems like they fixed. Which is, I always like when they do that, too. You know, it's not all doom and gloom. It's all this psycho bad guy. I like the idea that the Phantom Zone is kind of what what made Zod into what he is. I mean, I'll give it this. It's, it's, it's an easy enough read. Like it's an easy enough yeah. issue to get through. It just ultimately doesn't amount to a whole lot in the grand yeah. scheme of things. So, hey ho, uh, that'll take us on to Wonder Woman number thirty seven. <laughs> James Robinson writing, Carlo Pugilain on art. This, I mean, this is Turn better. About- Oh, Talking just... about amounting to a whole lot of nothing. <laughs> oh, that's a fair point. I I do think this is a better than the last couple of issues, mainly because it's mostly just an action scene. And to be fair, the art handles the action quite well. Like I think the the actual really? you know the, the 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 pacing of the fight, the you know fighting through the streets and whatnot. I think all of that's fine. All of all of it's solid no. fighting stuff. If I never see Darkseid again, it'll be too soon. <laughs> I like him as this unseen threat that. Yeah, and maybe that's just the, the Mr. Miracle. It may be the Mr. Miracle coming talking. through, and the way that King handles him. But I like him as an off-scene threat because when you see him as a teenager fighting Zeus, it's just kind of like, well, cool, I guess. I don't. <laughs> and by the way, I'd completely forgotten that Jason turned good by the end of the last issue because I was confused at first when he kept trying to help. I'm like, what's happening? Jason was evil. What does? But does it matter? Because I mean, I don't know. I feel I feel like Robinson. Robinson changed course halfway through writing this because this does not line up with what we'd started with. I I, I don't know. I'm not going to even speculate to that. I honestly, my big problem with this issue, because the issue itself as a fight issue is kind of okay. My big problem is that all the emotional beats, anything to do with Jason, fall completely flat uh-huh. because I didn't buy him at first and then I didn't buy his turn back to the good side after being evil for like a day. Yeah. I didn't buy any of it. So at the end of this issue, when like Zeus is dead, you know, Darkseid, like, t- you know, basically every all these other deaths of all the good new uh. gods was all just to lure out Zeus so that he could take Zeus's energy and become Darkseid. So we have full Darkseid again. Darkseid's back and he goes Dark off with Grail. And but we have this moment then. The book ends in this this supposedly touching moment with Wonder Woman and Jason hugging and saying, "No, not not your father, our father." And it's like them bonding as brother and sister. And I was really hoping he was going to die this issue, just so we never had to bring up Jason again. But you unfortunately, he's still around, and I'm supposed to care about their hug at the end. I don't. I don't give a you shit. Nothing cool. Because again, <laughs> I I made fun of of teenage uh, Dark Side, mm-hmm. but I kind of like that look for him. Like, I, I like the idea that he could have become Darkseid on Apocalypse later. Like, him and Grail still escape. But what what kills Jason is him trying to absorb his dad's energy. You know? Yeah. After that, like, there's there's ways that I thought they could have gone. I do like how Darkseid and Grail counteract Diana. 
by taking it to to like a, a compact city. Yeah, public and just place. Start causing yeah. a public place. Yeah, where they start causing all this damage, and she can't help herself but help the people. So that keeps her out of the fight with Zeus. Yeah, she's she's too busy saving everyone else around yeah. them to actually help the fight. And, and, and there's a panel there where they straight up based her on Yagodo. Like, <laughs> yeah. Honestly, like the one thing I did kind of like in the issue was after Zeus dies, Diana's like, "I'm going to take on Dark Side myself." And yeah. even though it took the whole league before, and then the league shows up behind her. And yeah. Darkseid runs. She's actually kind of pissed because she's like, I knew I could have taken him this time. And I don't know if I believe her necessarily, but the idea that she's that angry, I kind of like. She's like, that fire. Yeah. yeah. I, I like the idea that she's ready to take him on one-on-one. That's, a, that's kind of a fun little moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just kind of wrapped around a lot of things I don't care about, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Jason's a big wet fart. I don't know what the point of him is. <laughs> it was John's being like, hey, this will be cool for later. And then realizing like, oh, well, maybe we should pay this off. And then... Not like because again it was a weak concept to begin with. This this could have been the third Summers brother just forever teased, you know, to borrow from Marvel. Hmm. Anytime you have a mystery like that that gets paid off, it's never going to be as good as you've imagined it. Yeah, here here's the thing: long lost brothers, sisters, that kind of thing. At ninety nine percent of the time, just sucks. Yeah, it almost never is satisfying. So you, stop it, yeah. please stop it. But yeah, so so Jason's. Ugh whatever and i cannot wait for the next full-time writer on this like i mean robert's is not a bad writer but like necessarily but it's it's not coming from where we came from we had we had rucka which again like great whatever and then fontana which i complained about at the time i would gladly trade yeah that was fun that that, yeah that that had fun elements to it some some of the plot elements were a little bit rushed but there was fun moments in there that was fun, and this just felt like a slog to get through. Like, Wonder Woman went from being one of the first things I read every week to, to the last. <laughs> near the bottom. Yeah. yeah. And and I like that. And what what is with the – it starts with – with uh, what's his name? Steve. To, like, giving a rundown of the situation, and it never gets back to that at all. You and know, I'd, forgotten about, about, I'd completely forgotten about that. That's a good point. And, and what about... And the only reason I know is I just flipped through it as, as we're sitting here talking about yeah. it. <laughs> and what about Giganta? That whole plot thread didn't lead to anything, did it? Maybe for the next arc? Maybe that was te- set Maybe? up for, for that? Because it's teasing Silver Swan, who my only familiarity comes from the early Rekka stuff. Yeah, you know, that that's, that's where first. I know it from. Uh, and that's pretty cool because that, that deals just with, you know... Her betrayal that she feels Diana did, so it's a more personal thing. So that might be more Robinson speed. Yeah, ho- hopefully this next arc's better. But I like, am ready for them to announce whoever the next big creator is. Interestingly, mm-hmm. just you now I'm thinking about that. They, they, apparently, Diddy was said repeatedly, not about Wonder Woman, but about Shazam, that mm-hmm. they know who they want to write it. They're just waiting for the team to open up, which I think is an interesting statement. Oh, that's an interesting statement. Uh, so it's John's. It's John's and Frank. <laughs> I actually, I wonder if it's uh, yeah. Samasi and Gleason. Like, you know, if this Superman's yeah. coming to an end soon, like, I wonder if yeah. that's what they're waiting on. That could be cool. I mean, he writes kids well, as we've seen with Damien and John, yeah. so... I uh, could be down for it. And uh, they could just be waiting for closer to the movie to get a little synergy. Yeah, but the uh, movie's not out until, like... Well, it starts, yeah, it starts filming next month. Yeah, it starts so, filming. That means it's not out until, like, yeah. mid-2019 at the earliest. It yeah. may even be late 2019, if I remember yeah. right. Yeah, but hey, but, um, all right. Let's move. Let's move on from Wonder Woman because neither of us please liked it. Uh, 
So the Flash number 37, Joshua Williamson writing Scott McDaniel on art. This is um, following up, we're obviously, uh, our, our murder mystery, and we know Captain Cold secretly running the town mm-hmm. in the, the basement of Iron Heights. And August, this issue this is all about August luring Barry into a trap. And, yep. you know, we, we have uh, Barry and Kristen working together, which was pretty fun. I like their interactions. Wolf being a dick and, like, telling them to go away. All that stuff I quite enjoy. And ultimately, it boils Poor down trickster. to Barry being lured into this trap with Kid Flash. He finds it's cold guns that are involved. So, you know, he, he's Captain yep. Cold's, you know, behind this. So he goes into this tunnel, which leads to the, the basement of, of Iron Heights. And they've set up such a good trap that the, the, the tech in this room is like to help him with cold technology whenever he tries to like phase out or anything like that and then Captain mm-hmm. Cold comes in topless like he's ready for a fish fight <laughs> he's like I'm going to beat up the flash hands are wrapped. Yeah. Yeah. he's ready to go uh, I mean I described the plot there very quickly which makes it sound like it was an un- but it, I actually I think Williamson's done a good job of being very dependable at writing a solid Flash run. It's not blown yeah. us away, I think, at any point. It's not doing anything that's, oh, this is shaking our concept of the Flash and yeah. doing these things. It's just really enjoyable and solid. I, I, I love the idea of the rogues running all this from underneath uh, Iron Heights. Joe, you know, I keep almost saying Arkham. I, I've had to yeah. stop myself like three times from saying Arkham. Uh, that's funny. But I, I like that. I, I like, I like that. Uh, the, you know, he's really building all this mythology stuff. And uh, the idea that the rogues are behind it all, and even just the idea, Captain Cole says, "Oh, we wanted to pull off one last job and run, but you couldn't let us. You had to put us in Iron Heights." So you know what? Now in here, I'm king. I don't even want to get out. Like this, this is great from in yeah. here. Why? Yeah, I can do whatever I want. I, I feel like while it's been kind of light on mind blowing Flash stuff, mm. Williamson's done some really good Barry building, and you know between the negative speed force and now this. By, he put his faith in August. And he's like, well, August, you know, yeah, he did some bad things, but he was never a bad guy. He's got a heart of gold. And then to yeah. find out that he lured him into this trap just completely breaks that down. And he's, he's, you know, Williamson has been breaking down Barry as a character since he took over the character. And I think that's going to be his mark when it was all said and done. He gave us some really interesting Barry stuff the way that Johns did with Wally. Yeah. No, I agree. I think it's a really solid, ongoing run. Like, I think I like the fact that he keeps using Kid Flash. Like, he's a regular mm-hmm. supporting character. Uh, I like that they've built up Kristen, not as a love interest, because you know Iris is still the love interest, even though they're in a bad place yeah. right now. I like that there's a platonic friend like that in the you know in the the crime lab that you know he connects with. I like it yeah. a lot. I think it's. I think we you know we will spend maybe five minutes every issue. Not a whole lot of time, but. That's okay. Yeah. It's okay that it's a light read. That it's just, mm-hmm. you know, what it is. That's cool. Uh, and you it, know, it, in a week with Doomsday Clock, yeah, <laughs> you kind of need that. Uh, and the art was solid. Uh, obviously, McDaniel's not one of the regular artists, at least not so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, th- I thought it was good. I thought it was fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, nothing stuck out to me as uh, being off or anything like that. So. Uh, I guess we'll move on. We'll move on to Batgirl number 18, uh, Hope Larson writing. Uh, we have a guest artist here, Sammy uh, Basri. Uh, or Bajrai maybe is how you pronounce that uh, on the art this is a one and done uh, which is exciting for Batgirl oh. because actually I mean admittedly I think Summer of Lies was like elevated the, the main arcs to like the same quality almost but the last couple of one you know one and dones that she's done on Batgirl have been great uh, the Poison Ivy the, the Hunt for the Lost Pets yeah the Hunt for the Lost Pets in particular maybe my favourite yeah. issue of the book still uh, and this was a solid little Christmas story um, 
I, I like it as much as those previous two winners, so I suppose you could say it's disappointing in that sense, but it was still pretty Weirdly, solid. Weirdly, I preferred the art to the story. They, okay, there's there's yeah. some stuff that went on in here I wasn't a big fan of. The whole Harley arc just didn't work for me. It, it just felt it, like an excuse for the plot, rather than because the plot itself was that interesting. Yeah, you, you literally could have had anybody show up and do this. It could have been some random villain, some new villain, and they used Harley so they could put her on the cover. And I, when I get a Babs and Harley interaction, I want something more than this, I guess. That's what it boils down to. Because, yeah, I- again... It wasn't bad, but I felt it was just going through the motions. Yeah, I, I think it's well written enough, and obviously the art is pretty nice. I do, do what I think it is? I actually think for me, I don't tend to enjoy the stories that focus on Barbara hanging out with her friends. Because all, all this is her yeah. with her friends to this party, and then the the, the whole Harley thing hap, happens, and they have to track her down. Uh, and there's fun moments in there, uh, don't get me wrong, look, but... Honestly, I feel like her hanging around with her friends is kind of one of the least interesting things she does in her book. Yeah. And it's not that I don't want her to have friends, per se. I don't know, just whatever... Whenever I they don't do connect it. to the friends. Like, I don't know who these people are. I have to be reminded constantly. Yeah, I, I think know? because they, they largely come from Burnside and like all that stuff, which we weren't that into. So nope. they're kind of just these extensional, you know, extended things of that. And I mean, I have no problems with them being around. I don't grudge grudge them getting these little spotlights because oh. it typically tends to be because there was that other. I think it was the annual. There was a story with her hanging out with a friend was the main plot, mm. and that was again one we weren't super in love with. Yeah. I think I think this kind of uh, ties into that uh, a little yeah. bit. That's it. No, I did have fun with some parts of this. I, I did not enjoy reading this. Like, I think this is no. A, this I is fine. I think doing doing a Christmas Carol theme about the meaning of Christmas. I thought that that's cool. Just the the payoff with this virus with Harley, and feel, basically the the bad guy doesn't learn anything. Like like he's not a bad guy, but you know the whole point of Harley messing with this guy is because he's not so good of a person. Yeah, he's a, uh, he's a Scrooge basically. If we're going back to the yeah, Christmas Carol, but I don't feel like he learns anything. Like at least at the end of the Christmas Carol, Scrooge has learned the meaning of Christmas and Tiny Tim and all of that stuff. Here the- he just. He gets the company to quit on him because yeah, they like, realize he's a jerk. I mean, it's, it's more that everyone else around him gets the courage to just quit and not have to put up with him anymore. Well, and that's only because being around him put them with to within a step of a life-ending virus, you know. So I don't know. It just it was super. Uh, I'm trying to think of the word for it. Contrived, I guess, just to fit in a Christmas story. But again, I I love the art, like the stuff that they did there. With the Santas, like, the Santas being a bag of raccoons, like, that killed me. I got to that page, and I started laughing. My boss was like, what's wrong? <laughs> you know? Uh, and just some of the expressions on Barbara's face dealing with Harley Quinn. Oh, no, all that uh, stuff was great. I, I liked the, yeah. her dealing with the camel and stuff like that. The... the camel. There's another one where she basically puts the camel in a sleeper hold with a belt. Yeah, the school place. So, yeah, there's a lot of yeah. fun moments in here. Like, yeah. Uh, chasing Harley, Harley getting away in the helicopter, all that stuff. Like, that was plenty of fun stuff. And I think just the, the plot overall was just kind of, like you say, going through the motions. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it, it's just a little bit disappointing because the last couple of one and dones that, that she did in the series were mm-hmm. fantastic. Yeah. Uh, that's it. It's just not dampered my enjoyment of the book, any. Like, like you know, I'm, I'm still like just as excited for issue 19. It's just, you know, not every issue can can be a complete winner in that sense. No. Nope. Um, 
But yeah, uh, so I guess we'll move on to Nightwing the New Order number five. This is uh, Kel Higgins writing, Trevor McCarthy on art. Uh, <laughs> and we obviously we have the sort of tail end of what we left off last time uh, that they're getting his son uh-huh. and they're fighting their way out. Uh, the son uses his powers to actually help them get out, and Lois, with sheer willpower, even though the blue ring is not supposed to work. I love it. I love it. Without a green lantern. Yeah. Yeah. That's something I normally would hate, but the fact that it's Lois Lane and she's just like, look, I am all willpower. And it makes sense. She even more so than, than Hal. You I know don't know. I mean? I'm going to. I don't have a problem with this, Matt, but I'm going to criticize yeah. your rating it off because it's Lois Lane. Because this is mm-hmm. just like Because Batman. This is exactly what oh, this is. Because, oh, I'm not incapable of that. I just. Yeah. It's not a thing that I've had people use against me a million times. Why this? Why that? You know, because it's it's this different. this this could be the exact same with Batman, where he has a lot of willpower. He's like, I'm all willpower, and it would be the same scene would play out, and you would hate yeah, he it. Would, yeah, but he wouldn't be a Hope Lantern. Let's be real. That dude, that dude has a Sinestro ring. I can buy him with hope. I can, there's hope in there. Oh man, I can buy him with almost every color of lantern. And some, I mean, maybe not the uh, the love one. Maybe not. Maybe not uh, Indigo. I- and I don't see him with orange. Oh, that's either. compassion. Yeah, or orange. Yeah, he's not greedy. Yeah, but yeah. I, I can see him with green for will. I can see him with blue for hope. I can see him with red for rage. I can see him with yellow yeah. for fear. Certainly. I can even see him with love. With with the, what's been going on in King's Run. Uh, Violet. I can yeah. see him sporting the the purple ring. But but yeah, the indigo and the orange is two second to last on the spectrum. Definitely not. I, I don't think that works because the whole idea of the indigo ring is that it kind of reprograms you. Yeah, he doesn't need to be reprogrammed at all. Yeah, first, and that's the and, one the Joker ends up getting. <laughs> yeah, right. So, um, but yeah, she she creates the wall, which I thought was a cool moment. Got them out. What I'm liking here with Higgins is I keep forgetting like it's his son that's doing the narration, mm. and so this is a this is all post whatever's going to happen. So and, yeah, it's all past tense. Yeah. Yeah, and so the decisions we see Dick make. And like, man, we get to the end of this issue, and you're just like, oh, this isn't ending well for him. There's yeah, no way that he, it can. yeah, he's still contacting Kate. He's wanting to turn them in because they they want to like try and find this cure. And he's like, no, we're yep. not doing this. They have to knock him out. His son's against him. Like, what his plan is? He wants to go yep. with with, uh, with Starfire and the team. His mom. And yeah. they go to Metropolis, which is apparently like a disaster zone in this future. And depowered Superman, who's a bit of a big warrior, shows up. He's still with yeah, Lois. Yeah, Superman. Yeah, they're, they're, ha- awesome. they're happy to see each other, so they're still a thing. Uh-huh. He's working with scientist Lex Luthor, who's got a robotic arm, <laughs> to try and get this cure going. The idea that Lex is trying to help him get superpowers back is an insane concept. I love it. I love it, and I love the fact that they talk about how far Grayson's become, you know, that, you know, sometimes in order to do good things, you become a bad person. Yeah. Lex Luthor knows that more than anybody. I, I like the idea you know? that when superpowers go away, Lex realizes what what the world loses, and he's helping yeah. to fight get them back. I like that, and even yeah. even he said, uh, you know, Dick's son's whole speech about, you know, some people did do good with powers, and all you did was take away that choice. Uh, yeah. So let's give them that choice back. Like, it's, it's a very hopeful message, and it's just, it kind of speaks mm-hmm. to a lot of this stuff. Uh, well, and I like that that Dick won't even move on the program. He's like, nah, I set this up, and like, okay. Yeah, we'll take out the freezers where we put people in stasis, but 
we're not losing anything else. But like, we, we're, we'll still run this. Yeah, I mean, we learned some stuff about the backstory that the Batman had the machine first, and Dick talked him out of using it, and it was losing Batman that actually led to Dick kind of changing his mind. And how did we lose Batman? Uh, with black kryptonite infected Superman, that full page spread of Superman just heat visioning Batman's head to <laughs> obliteration. Oh, I no joke. Reading this, I yelled, "Holy shit!" Was not expecting that. Because it got it, there. Yeah, because because Superman's talking to uh, Dick's son, and he just says, yeah. "Oh, you, do you know how it happened?" And then you turn the page, and it's just him blasting his face with heat vision. Yeah, insane. And he's like, "It was black kryptonite," and even Superman feels. Guilty, he's like, yeah, but still. Like, oh, yeah. By the way, I love that Lex comes in and says, and I know what you're thinking. It wasn't I mean, me. Yeah. <laughs> I had nothing to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes me wonder if this is a Joker scenario type deal. Uh, kind of like Injustice. You know what I mean? I where... could see that, yeah. like Maybe they go down that route where the Joker corrupted Superman and that's what led to all this bad stuff happening. I yeah, and, you know, but again, Dick is a tragic character in that, yeah, he did what he did and it looks like he's starting to edge towards it. But he tells Kate, he's like, okay, I can give you the insurrection, but I keep my son. Well, like, Wally, I mean, they call him out on his hypocrisy. And I think here at the yeah. end, it's like, no, if you let me keep my son, I'll help you in every possible way. It, it is so hypocritical. And I'm curious to see how we end this. Because the next issue is the last one. Issue six is the yeah. final. So I'm curious yeah. to see how they wrap this up, how they, if Dick does have his arc and like gets to the, you know, or if this is a swerve, like he's luring Kate yeah. into a trap in some way. Which yeah, doesn't, maybe. doesn't seem like it, but I mean, maybe they'll, I, they'll do that with us. I just, I don't think it's going to end well for Dick Grayson. No. That's all. I feel this has tragedy written all over it. This is the first cover that didn't feel like a propaganda cover. So I like how that balance happens here. Yeah. Because you know, now we have Warrior Superman on the cover looking. I could almost see the ultimate thing being like Dick gave up who he was and started this all years ago. Mm-hmm. And that's what led to his end, his demise. Like maybe he'll die. Yeah. And, like, no, the message is, no, because he gave up who he was and he gave in to fear, it led to this, it led to everything bad that's ever happened, and, you know, he deserves all of it because he gave up yeah. who he was. If that's ultimately the message, I could maybe get behind that as, a, as an Elseworld. Yeah. Uh, so, that's... Definitely. That's cool. uh, so, it was an enjoyable issue. Uh, you know, uh, the, the, the Superman-Batman murder being the, <laughs> the, the standout oh. kind of shock moment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So... So Uh, so, so that'll wrap that up. Uh, I'll talk briefly about Batman Creature of the Night number two because Matt again forgot to read it. Uh, Yep, oops. The full. Uh, It was another fantastic issue. Uh, there was there was still some Alfred narration, but there was definitely less of it this time. So that that issue of that okay. text being awkward was less of a problem this time. Uh, we cut we jump ahead. Bruce's college age. He's at Harvard of all places, and Ooh. he's a he's a bit of a playboy. He's dating lots of girls, uh, as you'd expect. As you do. But it's showing how he's sort of like helping with the Wainwright company. He's like turning it into a great place. He invests in a company called, called, called Penny's Worth. Just because he likes the name, but it pays off, and everyone's like, "Oh, you must be some little genius! You, you, you got, got us this big investment." And he's like, "I just kind of like the name, yeah, <laughs> more than anything." But we find out he's been doing his thing, where he's been helping this big demon Batman to like fight crime and all the rest of it. But it, it starts to focus on how he's trying to do things in other ways. Like he wants to set up a foundation that helps other victims of of crime, and he convinces like Uncle Alfred, like, "Hey, can we can we start this? Maybe just with one person?" And the example he picks is a girl named Robin who lost her parents, and okay. it's just the idea of uh, like giving her help, and, and he actually, with Bat, with the Batman demon, he like, tries to find the culprits and make sure he catches them, to maybe give her some closure, because even though he's given a lot of financial support, it, um, 
you know, it, 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 like she's still like broken by it. She's still like struggling, like right. in a, from a therapeutic angle. And he, he tries to help that way. And he, he makes a point of never meeting her because he's like, ah, oh, it's a teenage girl. I'm like a college age guy. It'll look, you know, suspicious and weird. People, make yeah, it. look bad. Uh, but she eventually comes to see him at a, like a fundraiser, like party. They're celebrating some big deal, and uh, she wants to thank him. And she's like, hey, can, can, you know, I, I, I think I want to quit. You know, not you know, go down the, the college path. I, I want to help people like you know and he's like oh maybe i could set something up and you could like you know if we're going to make this program bigger maybe you could help with that so i, I like the whole idea it's playing with the idea that he brings on a robin but it's not to like fight crime it's to help with the charity and it's to help with the helping other victims it's a nice little spin on it yeah that's uh, i mean that's i always kind of liked in new frontier like he brings in robin to help ground him because mm. he's kind of lost his way and here it's kind of He's kind of doing not not the same way that he's lost his way, but it's another somebody like him. Yeah, you know that that's a nice pairing. It's a really nice touch. But some of the big plot developments that happen in this though is that Officer Gordon is actually suspicious of him because the newspapers aren't talking about this demon bat because it's too like unbelievable. But right uh, at one point when he goes to see Gordon for case reasons, he uh, he says, "Ah, maybe we could use a Batman." And Gordon like grabs his arm. And is like, "Do you know something?" As if, you know, like, the police know about this bat character. They're, they're concerned about right. it. Um, so he's suspicious of him because because he, he brings up how, you know, that's this big deal that just went through. That only happened because the, the, the boss at this other company got arrested for these things. And it turned out to be uh, a frame job. And he's like, what? And the big reveal at the end, the big twist at the end of this issue is that a lot of the people that this evil, this, this big demon Batman has been putting away, mm. it's been fake. He's been planting evidence. He's been, like... Like Im- implicating people oh, who aren't actually guilty. Snap. There's a dark side to this, so I actually don't know where this is going to go. I'm really excited to see what this is going to explore. But what I think this issue does, it sets up the idea that there's the Batman stuff that's kind of unhealthy, and him like dealing with this inside, like the dark side of him. But it's also how how much help he can be in the real world, like setting up charity, setting up things. It's almost setting up right. the idea that Bruce Wayne, in this context, or Bruce Wayne, right, might be better as a politician, like trying to help that way. Because Alfred keeps telling him, because he wants to hire this company, because keep in mind, uh, it started in the 60s, so this is actually the 80s now we're in, and okay. this company's developing new modems, which at the time, obviously, it was like early days, Right. but he's like, oh, this will be the future, this will be a big thing, we're going forward, and he wants to he wants to do this, he wants to invest in this, and Alfred's like, sceptical, he's like, hey, like this company's run by a black man, and this, this like that's why they keep getting turned down, it's not because their business plan is bad, it's because mm-hmm. this is a risk, and and this is actually the first time where Bruce kind of implies that he knows he's gay. He's like, hey, really? Like, we're going to like, discriminate kind of thing? And they go along with it, and it all kind of pays off. Uh, but it's the idea that, you know, and Alfred keeps fighting them, even though he's someone who should want the world to change because he's someone who is, he's a minority, essentially. Right. He, he keeps saying, no, you can't just, like, force the world to change into what you want it to be. And he's like, no, but we should try. We should do things. We should try and make it better. So it's that it's that conflict of, we should fight to make the world better, even if it does seem impossible. We shouldn't just give in and accept it's the way it is. Uh, but at the same time, is the Batman say the things unhealthy? Is he like... So, so there's, there's some interesting stuff there. And I wonder if we do get like the origin of this Batman thing and where it comes from. We also see that he right. talks to it. Like He goes up to the roof and he actually talks to it. And this Batman yeah. demon kind of talks back to him and it's kind of... Uh, you know, just short sentences. And it's But it's like, you know, he's concerned about him, but that's about it. So, really interesting. I'm really curious to see where it goes next. So, I'll, I'll leave it there. We can have a bigger talk about it when you've read the next issue and we can dig cool, deep. Cool, cool. Are you skimming through it? You look like you're 
Yep, yeah. I am. Yeah, because oh. I downloaded it. Because since I forgot, yeah, I went and got it while we were, so I could yeah. kind of see. And of course, we uh, John Paul Leon's art is, uh, yeah, is phenomenal. And in fact, I didn't even mention who it was. It was Kurt Busiek and John Paul Leon. Uh, yeah, but no, the art's stunning again. It's great. Uh, next issue is at the end of February, uh, so yeah, so coming back for that. Four, four mm-hmm. total. So we'll talk about issue three when it comes. Yeah. And since I'm apparently keeping Matt from his bed, he's, he's so tired. He's, he's yawning here. Uh, yeah, well, I've been up. I, I've been on a weird schedule for work mm. uh, since after Christmas break, so my sleep patterns are all over the place right now. I kind of just do that to myself. My sleep pattern goes all over the place because I'm I'm terrible at keeping one. <laughs> so yeah, see, not me. Mine mine is if I'm going to bed at nine, uh, I'm waking up at, at four or five. So and and you know, as we record mm. this, it's a Saturday. So waking up that early on a Saturday is not ideal. Yeah, uh, so so uh, but anyway, that was the last book, so we can get on to the the, uh, yeah. the the big stuff here at the at the end of the show. Uh, so that we pick our favorites of the week, we pick our best panel slash moment, we pick our best art, best cover, and our top five books. Connor did send the top five. He didn't send any of the other ones though, the lazy smelly head. But uh, I mean, so, he's probably trying not to get sick. Mm. You know, so I, I'll excuse that. At least he sent a top five in. Yeah. So hey, uh, so we start. Uh, per usual with a panel slash moment so matt have you got a got a panel yeah it's actually i talked about it earlier it's from doomsday clock Uh, it's more of a moment than a panel but it's it's marionette talking about nostalgia okay i think that's That's a smart that's a smart little thing that that john's put in that i really picked up on yeah no that's cool um i'm torn part of me really wants to go with the the night owl ship coming through the bat signal because that is phenomenal Uh, part of me really wants to go with Cass telling everyone to shut up and that Clayface needs help uh, which I think I want to go with I think despite the fact that I think yeah. that moment's more iconic I think the, the Cass Clayface moment is has more weight to it it's, it's, there's more emotion there yeah. I felt some I felt things uh, yeah uh, also shout out to the, the Clayface like you know coming out at the end you know, I mean the full page spread at the cool. end is great is, is great but I'm meaning the moment before that where you see all the clay the coming out and he's dragging the cops back. Yeah. Like, it's it, like it's... proper horror movie moment. So I just give that a shout out as yeah, well. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, all right, so best uh, cover of the week. Oh, man. See, this one's tough. Uh, although I, I have to go with it because I can't not. When when one of my guys, you have a, a Manipole cover for Teen Titans. And, uh, and it's pretty busy, but I like the way that the colors interact. Yeah, I'm so... actually I'm, I'm going to go... Uh, so obviously Doomsday Clock's great, but it's, you know the, the main cover is just the, the the clothes lying down. Yeah. I actually I'm actually going to pick uh, the Flash. I actually really like that Flash cover. Yeah. It's a uh, Flash sitting the, the on throne his of ice. he's throwing a vase, but the Flash is inside the ice behind him. It's actually a really nice yeah. cover. Uh, no surprise. I already made the thumbnails for this, and no surprise that's on the image because I liked it a lot. So, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm picking that. Uh, best art. No, hands down. Yeah, Gary, Gary Frank. Frank. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, Gary, Gary Frank. Which, which is, which man? The stuff that was in uh, some of the stuff in Wonder Woman was really good too, because it was fight specific. Was, yeah. I think Bigelian did a good job, and then Nightwing New Order, and even Hawkman found there's a lot of good art in that too. But it's hard to compete with Gary Frank, especially in my eyes. Yeah, that's 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 totally cool. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think. That takes out our top five, and I guess I'll do Connors first since he's not here. We can yeah, we do can, Connors first. We can pick him first. Uh, 
Okay, it's just a list. All right, so he's the top five. His number one is Doomsday Clock. His number two yeah. is Nightwing New Order. His number three is Action. I find that surprising. I, don't, I wouldn't put Action that high. Uh, I'll have to grill him on that later. Yeah, Detective Comics is number four, and then Teen Titans is number five. That's his top five. It's not too bad. It's not too bad. So, you know, uh, that's the thing. Uh, so what's your top five, Matt? So so my top five, number one is Doomsday Clock. Shock. Uh, shocker, right? Number two is Teen Titans. There's a lot of fun stuff in there that that I like. Uh, number three is Detective Comics. Number four, surprisingly, is Hawkman Found. I oh, really liked, yeah, I liked a lot of what was in there. And then number five is, oh man, I wish I could have these, but you can't. Mm-hmm. So number five is going to have to be Flash. All right. I really wanted to give Nightwing New Order, though, but there's there's parts of it that I like more than the others. Versus Flash, which, as you said, was yeah, I, I, solid. I think Connor's the biggest on New Order. I think we all enjoy it to various degrees, but he he loves it. Whereas I think we just think it's yeah. it's good, it's solid, it's it's good. Yeah, it's... I mean that that moment of of Superman just frying Batman. Yeah. The the stuff with Lois and Superman's really nice. I mean, Warrior Superman showing up is is cool. But I'll take you know solid over peaks and valleys. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so my top five, Doomsday Clock is number one. So we got a unanimous pick. Uh, the, the, the last unanimous mm-hmm. pick of the year because it's the last episode of the year. That's right. Uh, next week we're on to 2018 comics, as bizarre as that sounds. Uh, so my number one is Doomsday Clock. My number two is Detective. My number three is Batman, Creature of the Night. My number four is Teen Titans. Uh, my number five is... Flash. There you go. There you go. That's 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 it. Yeah, and I I think we tend to be a lot more forgiving on Flash than Connor is. You know. Yeah, yeah. He's a bit harsher. Yeah. So that's okay. Yeah. So no, that was pretty pretty good week overall though. A couple couple of. Uh, missteps, but no, it was a pretty solid week. Pretty, pretty busy week as well because we had a very busy week. Doomsday Clock one shot for Hawkman uh, for Metal and Creature of the Night yeah. all hitting in the same week. So busy looking week. forward to next week. I, I will say. Uh, well, that, that breaks us on to what's coming out next week. So next week we have Batman number thirty-eight, Superman number thirty-eight, Justice League number thirty-six, Green Lantern is number thirty-six, Green Arrow number thirty-six. Wait, mm-hmm. did I say that already? Nope. Okay, Nightwing. Yeah. Okay, uh, and yeah, Arrow, Green Arrow number thirty-six, Nightwing number thirty-six, Deathstroke number twenty-seven, Batman White Knight number four. We also have the first issue of Batman and the Signal uh, yeah. miniseries. So Matt's obviously not excited. I don't know if I'm that excited. I to be honest, but we'll try it. Obviously, it's, it's an issue one. I just hope it doesn't build on any of the stuff I didn't read in All Star. Yeah, no, that's that's but, a fair complaint. Yeah. Uh, yeah. if it's if it's more of that backup stuff which I thought was just I mean the art was pretty but I wasn't into the story yeah. at all if it's exactly. more of that then yeah I'll probably be out after the first issue but we'll give it a try uh, also yeah. next week we're, we're not covering as a cyborg number 20 I feel like there should be more in the not covering section maybe I just got bored and stopped writing them down <laughs> no I mean you have Harley and Ivy 4 but we weren't uh, covering that uh, did you say Deathstroke because Deathstroke's yeah. out next week too yeah. said Deathstroke so that that's there um and then some of the other more fun things that are out, uh, you have crossovers a... and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, yeah, you have Superboy trade paperback book one, Trouble in Paradise, which was his. Oh, of course, yeah. Superboy, Superboy in Hawaii, which I. These things are killing my wallet. Uh, last... JSA. Now I have this one. 
Yeah, yeah last too. week uh, the first Batman Brave and the Bold Bronze Age uh, trade was out. And it's like 18 issues. It looks great. I, I did want that. It's in the wish list now. Uh, it was not in the sale though in the comic so I didn't get that this time. But next time. Uh, gotcha. But no, like I say, I bought a lot of stuff. Uh, <laughs> what can I say? Yep. Uh, so no. Um... Yeah, I guess that wraps us up for uh, episode 84 uh, of Comics with Mummers. The last one of 2017. Uh, so like we say, next week, week you'll get two episodes because you'll get the regular yep. one at the usual time, but you'll also get the annual at some point. Uh, I think we're doing that sometime midweek. We've not ironed out the details yet, so it could, it could be pushed, but that's roughly yeah. when we're, we're planning on it. So you can look forward to that uh, sometime in there. By all means, get your top tens of the year and your favourite artists and writers ready because you can comment with yours and we get to that yeah. episode. Uh, hopefully Connor's back to top form for that. He should be. Uh, if not, I'll beat him up. He'll be even worse than he was when he started. Uh, but that is, that is us. So, Such a hollow threat. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because it's not possible to get him worse than he started? You are, well, I will say you are the Riddler amongst us if we are bat villains. Uh... Your biggest threat is your mind. I have more physical... F- come on, I am a better fighter than Connor. Don't even give I, me it. He's ginger I and everything. Know. He's the Riddler. He's had... But he's had a fight his whole life being ginger. <laughs> he's... You, you... Uh, uh, you know... You... What does Bane say? He was born in the darkness. You adopted it. <laughs> like... That dude's got a dark soul. That he can fight. I'm just saying... Wait, you said I can't fight, but then you compare me to Bane? <laughs> no, 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 no. Connor's, Connor's oh, like right. the Bane. Okay. He was born in that darkness. He was born you in the ginger. You adopted it. I adopted yeah. the ginger. Okay, right. Yeah, so, <laughs> I'm just saying, uh, how do you guys feel? Uh, we have, we have, we shop gloves to him. Who are you edging the fight to? Oh, Connor God. Pete? He's just, he's a skinny run. I feel like just by sheer weight alone, I can crush him. <laughs> he turns into a wrestling match, just grabs him, and puts him in a bear hug, and that's it. <laughs> I mean, you're definitely the muscle out of it. You're, 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 I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't think an actual Bane you'd stand a chance against, but out of us, you're the most oh, no. Bane-ish. Dude, yeah. <laughs> of, of the dude's group. on all the juice. I mean, it's Venom. Like, <laughs> you know. I, I uh, my Venom is burritos. I still I see Connor as more of a Riddler. I think if I'm, if I'm a Bat villain... Doctor Strange, Hugo Strange. Um, um, he's, he's, he's wearing the cowl in the dark, saying, "I'm Batman." Like, <laughs> uh, oh God, I, I don't know. I don't know. Eh? Uh, I just wanted to compliment your mind. That's all. What a weird You're much more of a, of a mental threat than a, than a physical threat. That's all. I agree. I'm smarter than I am a, a fighter. I'll give you that. I don't yeah, think I'm, I'm completely useless in a fight, though. So you're the calculator. No, I'm th- I'm thinking more of a Harvey Dent to a face kind of thing. Where okay, you know, like you know, all whatever. I don't know. This is a weird conversation. <laughs> what about Superman villains? If if I'm a Superman villain, the car is a Superman. Oh, bro, villain. you're Brainiac. You're a robot. We all know this. I'll take that. We're Brainiac. I'll 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 take Brainiac. I'm I'm all for Brainiac. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Connor, who's the lamest Superman villain? I don't say toy man, but there's some there's some super darkness there with child killing. I don't want to put that on him, you know. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you're doomsday, so sorry, Matt, but you are. That's fine. I break things. <laughs> you're doomsday. <All> right. <laughs> Car- 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 
Nah, he's... Nah, he's not Mixy. No, I was going to say Mixy, no. but he's not Mixy. He's just not. But that's, that's always been the biggest problem with Superman is his lack of a proper rogues gallery because it's always, you know, it's always these one-off villains. He'd be, I mean, he'd make him Roxy Rocket. I, mean, I can see him roll, rolling around on a on a rocket, you know. Do you know what? I'd, I'd say he was Kite Man for Batman, but that, at this point, Kite Man's too Hell cool yeah. for Connor. Hell yeah. Too cool. But yeah. Anyway, hey, if you have any suggestions of which Superman villain Connor would be, <laughs> hit us up on the Twitter oh, at God. DC Comics Podcast. I, I guess for Flash, I'm just Mirror Master because you know the second Mirror Master Scottish, so I just by default. That's fine. Yeah, okay. I guess that would make me Heat Wave unstable. Heat, yeah, your Heat Wave. Connor's the new trickster, minus an arm. <laughs> <laughs> actually, actually. I am Grodd. Kneel before Grodd. Ah, uh, yeah, Grodd. Oh, by the way, that reminds yeah. me, actually, all the ads for the next Green Lantern, uh, you know, the Hal Jordan arc, is the Green yeah. Lantern Corps versus Zod. Are you uh, are you jumping back in for that? I might be, and I hate uh, Diddy for doing this to me. <laughs> Just when I'm out, he's like, hey, look what I got. In fact, the, uh, oh. the, the monthly went up for Patreon. Uh, me and Connor yeah. were talking about Green Lantern Sector 2814 yep. Volume 1, which is pretty good bronze edge stuff. Uh, it's the story of Hal basically deciding to give up the ring for, before John takes it. Um, oh, nice. But uh, the reason why I bring that up is, I mean, obviously to promote it, go and be a patron, get get the bonus monthly yeah. episode. But the reason why Do I bring it. it up is because we brought up this uh, Zod versus Green Lantern arc coming up. And he was like, oh, Matt's been reading it. And I'm like, no, he's not. He dropped it when we, we, we stopped covering it on the show. And he's like, oh, really? Well, yeah. I've still been reading it. <laughs> I'm like, well... Yeah. He knows I dropped it. He's so probably I, So I just want to say I'm right, is all I'm saying. That's, that's the point of my, that's all. my whole that's story. Fine. Anyway, mm-hmm. that, that is episode four of Comics from the Multiverse. Mm-hmm. We will see you twice next week, once for the annual end of the year special where we talk about our favourites of the 2017 and, of course, our regular uh, episode with all the books the next week. So, by all means, uh, and check out the uh, the sale in Comixology. The DC sale is until the 4th, I believe. So, by all means, if you read digital comics, head over there. Everything's $5 ever, trade-wise. So, check it out. Uh, there's also a Marvel sale, Image sale, Dark Cross sale. All the other sales are on, so you could get a variety. It's that time of year. Yeah, it's that time of year. I have already bankrupt myself on it, so uh, I have plenty to read. I mean, I have enough to read folks, now for like five folks, years. that's where the so. Patreon money's going. It's to support this <laughs> comic book habit. That's not true. Entirely. So, uh, yeah. that is uh, that is episode 84. Thank you very much for watching or listening. If you want to support us, as I said, head over to patreon.com slash TV. There'll be a link to that in the description as well, some other useful links. Uh, Twitter, at DC Comics Podcast. That is us. Uh, and in fact, one just last thing. If you have any suggestions for other categories you want us to talk about in the annual, because I, I think we did Best Writer, Best Artist, Top 10 Books yeah. last year. If you have any other categories you think we should talk about in the, 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 the annual, uh, let us know. Admittedly, there's some that we will veto, because if you say, oh, give us your, your best, uh, I don't know, best cover of the year... I mean, we may have done that last year. I feel like that's really hard because how many covers have there been all year? I can't remember all the covers from the first half of the year. Nope. <laughs> but that said, uh, you got any suggestions? Let, let there's at least 24 by now if we go from 2017 because if there's two a month, you know, per 24 per title of the Double Shippers. Oh, right, so, yeah. okay, of each title. I was like, yeah, 24 what? Uh, yeah. I suppose you could argue that we each picked a cover of the month, so technically there's 150-ish total to pick from, but I mean we can't. Re- we don't keep track of who's picking what for that. Nope. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I can't remember. Uh, 
behave. So yeah, we do best single issue as well. Uh, but then we do our top ten uh, books of the year, ongoing book. Well, not necessarily ongoing, but just books. You know, mine was from last year, right? It's not going to be the same this year. No, it's not. But Joe, it's funny. I was actually I listened to the start of last year's annual episode just to see what the categories we did. And yep. the, the first thing brought up in Best Writer was Tomasi and Gleason, and I just kind of like sighed and wow. went, well, that ain't happening this year. <laughs> Plummet. Oh, dear. So, that is us. Thank you once again. We'll see you next week. Keep reading DC Comics, and always remember to never get lost in the Speed Force. T-shirt and jeans, baby. <laughs> <laughs>